Yes, yes. Wednesday night. You know what that means. We're live. We're back in action. The NFL's main microphone attraction as the 2022 draft is gaining traction, baby. We welcome you into another live Wednesday night. New episode of the 3rd and 3 podcast. This show where anything goes. So let's see how it flows. And the first lady of podcasting knows she's a pro and has you covered from head to toe. Good evening, Tricky Nikki Gifts. Oh, I love that intro. It's like better and better every week. You guys are making me do it. I mean, you keep bigging me up for this stuff. So I got, I'm like, damn, what are going to come up with? We need it. We need, you know, know, pumps (laughs) us up, feeds our ego. We need it. Yeah, D's getting tired of me going through the damn dictionary. So I had to figure (laughs) out something, you know. So, you know, this is what I went with for you, baby. Here we go, D. All right. You better watch and look for this guy's right hook. His his style is textbook, and he'll surely leave you shook. The real deal, Damian Adams. What's up, man? Oh, man, I appreciate it, man. You keep bringing the great intros, man. So you keep bringing the great intros. That means we have to bring the great content to assist with the great intros every time. So we'll keep each other on point. It's perfect. That's the thing, baby. <laughs> Harmony is what we got all the way. Third and Three Podcast. My name is Jason Fearman, and this is the Third and Three Podcast. We are live on Facebook. We'll download all that other stuff later. Spotify. Google, Apple, all that other good stuff that I can't even remember. But we are presented by the Sports Column and brought to you by 3rdandthreepodcast.com. Get on over there. There are big things happening as always, and we're going to have to go over some stuff, guys, because March Madness is over. All right, so we're going to have to talk about that and give a shout-out to the winner in a couple of minutes over here. But we got the draft coming up, and there was a big trade, D. Some good news for you, man. Now, for, for a second there, people were saying, and even I had the thought, I'm like, did they get them two picks to move up and get another, you know, get a higher pick to get a quarterback? And I'm like, no, they got James Winston. They want him. All's good there, everything, yada, yada. So these two picks, man, do you feel like you gave up too much, or what do you think? No, I don't feel like we give up too much. Uh, it depends on what we get. We have a good history of drafting here in the past few uh, past few years. So wow. I think that having two picks in the first round now, right in the middle, really puts us in a good position. I think we can get maybe a good left tackle there. If we go after a safety, you know, I know there's been rumors about Tyron Matthew, and he came and visited us. If we don't sign him, then we can get a safety in the draft or a wide receiver there. There's a lot of different options that we can go with, and you have two picks right there. So – we have needs and we have options to get those needs. Very, very true. That is, all right. All right. So, yeah, there you go. All right. From your perspective, Nikki, being a Giants fan and looking at from the Eagles side who, yeah, they're moving up and everything. They're doing their thing. They did give up a first round. I, look, three first round picks in the top 20 is amazing. They gave up one, got another one for next year. I thought they did a lot of good things um, as far as the draft and they're putting everything on Jalen Hurts right now. I don't know. What does that tell you about the Eagles team? Well, I mean, why wouldn't you put it on Jalen Hurts, right? I, I think he's, you know, he's got talent. Now we'll get into it, I know. But, I mean, you got to give this kid help. Like, the, he, he definitely needs some help. So, but, you know, listen, they're 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 not too, too far away. So, I think probably win for everybody here. Yeah, it, it, it could be. I mean, let's see. It depends on what the, what the Saints do, uh, you know, with those first two picks, obviously. They're – not in the top 10, so it's interesting that they're there, um, but they must have guys in mind. There's no doubt. Anyway, we're doing neighborhood news right now. 
And I got to get to the March Madness bracket over here to get our winners so we can give give the person props over here because it got all jumbled up and now I can't find it. So I got to work on that. We got to figure that out. <laughs> we want to make sure we give it to the right person and send that gift card out to you. We'll get your uh, your address and everything or wherever you want to send it to you. But you win the gift card. You win the prize. You'll see the dollar amount. Go have fun. We'll get your name out there in a few minutes. That'll be March Madness. But again, Neighborhood News brought to you by Meatworks, an online custom butchery with the highest quality cuts produced by American farmers. Members customize their own boxes, selected from our own curated boxes, and save 10 to 20% USDA prime beef compared to shopping at local butchers and grocery stores. So, you know, that's a win-win right there. All you got to do is go and click. With Meatworks, you will always be eating great meat, baby. Shipping is always free, and the boxes are filled with your favorite cuts. So go to 33podcast.com. Click on that link, scroll down a little bit on the home page, and get that steak. Get them burgers, get whatever you want, get them ribs, get again, make your own box of food, get it shipped over to you. It's free. Eat it up, baby. Let's go. So that's what we're doing. Neighborhood news brought to you by Meatworks. And let's continue it right now. So the Saints, we'll see what they do with those moves. I did my mock draft, and I know it's gonna change like five hundred thousand times. And I don't know, Dean, maybe they go after an offensive lineman with one of these, but they're not going to get one of the upper tiers. I do have them taking Trevor Penning with the 19th pick. Um, he seems to be like third or fourth best offensive lineman. I think they do need one, especially to replace Teron Armstead. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I also have them taking uh, Darn with the other pick, the Saints. Where are they? Uh, Traylon Burks, wide receiver. Traylon Burks, right. I don't know. What do you think? Do you agree? Uh, you know better than I do. Uh, yeah, that makes sense for sure. Uh, we do need that second wide receiver. Uh, I believe with Michael Thomas this year, you'll see a better Traquan Smith and a better Marquez Calloway. Uh, but to get that dynamic second guy would definitely help out Jameis. Mm-hmm. I thought Jameis was really handcuffed last year. And that's one of the reasons why you didn't see the big yard is because we didn't have the number one guy. So wide receivers a lot of times weren't open. A lot of times when you saw Jameis taking a sack or throwing the ball away is because no one was there. So I think having that next guy – to assist with Michael Thomas and make sure that Michael Thomas is getting all the attention would really help. And of course, you always want to make sure your office line is good. We did lose a very good one in Armstead. So if you can draft one who could come in and start right away, you're not expecting him to be Armstead, but to come in and just handle his own there, that would be uh, definitely a big benefit. Yeah, it'd be a huge benefit. There's no doubt. And, you know, Nikki, I know you don't want the Eagles to draft anybody good over here, but you know that division better than the both of us. What do you think that they're going to do now? They had three picks. Again, now they're down to uh, the the two, excuse me. So they have the 15th and the 18th. I have them taking Jermaine Johnson, a defensive end, um, which I think they're going to go after the best one that's available at that point. And also another wide receiver, George Pickens. And I don't know these guys that well. You know, I'm basically just kind of like, you know, picking and choosing right now, no pun intended. But I think wide receiver for them to get another guy opposite uh, Devontae Smith, Nikki. And, you know, they could go offensive line, but um, I don't know. I also think the Eagles, you know, with the wide receiver and getting a defensive end, you know, somebody, a good pass rusher, they can get really high in the draft. I know you don't want to see him do it, but you know that team better than us. So what do you think? I think that with you, Jay, the pun is always intended. So let's just <laughs> clear that up. It's always intended. I'm so full of crap. <laughs> no, um, yeah, no, I have them going wide receiver as well. They, you know, of course, I don't want them to go get some all-star wide receiver, but obviously they need help there. You can't just put it on one guy. We all know that. So I think that would be logical step for them there. 
It would be. I don't know. What do you think? Do you might might we on the same track here? We're on the same page? Yeah. No, it definitely makes sense for them to go in that direction. Uh, you want to be able to help out the quarterback that you think can be that guy. And if that help comes in and he's not the guy, at least you know you put your best foot forward with him so you can move forward, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in good nature, knowing that you gave him the best that you could. And, you know, that's the thing with, with them and also with the Dolphins. You know, they're putting all these players around him and saying, all right, this is your year. Go out and show us, Jalen Hurts and Tua, both at the same time with both respective teams. And both teams will have, you know, higher draft picks next year, especially the Eagles will. And there's going to be a better quarterback class next year. So they're putting themselves in position in good ways. Either way you look at it, Nikki, kind of, you know what I'm saying? Because if yeah. they don't have the guy, then maybe the guy comes next year in the 2023 draft. Yeah. Hey, I mean, if, you know, if there ever was a year to make a decision, this is the one. Let's see what, you know, let's see what Jalen Hurts can do. Let's see what the Eagles can do. But, you know, we'll, uh, I guess we'll find out. We'll find out. We'll see if they do better than the nine and eight. They got knocked out in the first round of the playoffs and um, they should be better, especially with kind of a weakened NFC, uh, you know, entire conference for that matter. So, yeah, we'll see. Still a lot of good free agents out there, but I want to get you guys' opinion. I was on with Beerly uh, Sports last night, Beerly Podcast. They they do an excellent job, a lot of fun. They had like a whole NFC West thing going on, Cardinals fan, Seahawks fan, Rams fan. They brought me on talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. And the I've had, you know, spaces and whatnot in, um, in Twitter going back a few days ago that most people are just like, you know, they should have cut him, got rid of him, you know, use that money in free agency, which I'm all for, but at the same time, playing devil's advocate a little bit, D, I'm like, why not keep Jimmy Garoppolo? I understand that he is costly. I get it. Not to start him, not to put pressure on Lance, but God forbid Lance got hurt because we just know how valuable quarterbacks are, and especially nowadays backup quarterbacks. I mean, one won the Super Bowl four years ago in Nick Foles. It's kind of sick. I mean, we don't expect to see that all the time, but the bottom line is is you, you, you want to have a, a a good backup quarterback and Jimmy G is not a good starter, but he'd be a good backup who could hold the offense down knowing the 49ers offense. If Lance is hurt for like four weeks. So I'm not totally against it being on the roster. I wish they could have made the trade. They can't with the shoulder. So it is what it is. I don't know. What are your thoughts? It can work. I just wonder chemistry wise, having somebody who was your starter for so long now being the backup, how does that work? Especially Jimmy G probably still feels like, hey, I could be a starter, right? He's had team he success yeah. as a starter. So for him to have to watch Trey Lance and then you'll probably, you may have a split locker room. You might have some people in that locker room who like, let's go with the veteran guy, the one who really came through for us in certain situations. And now you're going with a rookie who you, not a rookie, but a second year guy with rookie experience. You're going with a guy who has barely been on the field. He's going to make some mistakes. There's going to be some bad games. And when those bad games come, do those players start looking like, oh, we got Jimmy G right there, who we know isn't the best, but he's not going to make that mistake that young guy just made. Do you have the fan base saying, we know that Trey's not going to, we know that Jimmy's not going to make that mistake to cost us a game in that situation. Does that happen? I don't know. So you definitely want to have a good backup for sure, but I don't know if Jimmy G is the good backup to have. In an ideal world, I would ha- much rather have a different backup quarterback who definitely knows his role as the backup quarterback. So I'm with you there. That would be ideal, but we don't live in an ideal world and things don't always work out that way, Nikki, as we know. So my, again, you know, rebuttal to that would be 40, true 
49er fans, diehard 49er fans, Nikki, know that Jimmy Garoppolo is not the answer. And even if Trey Lance stunk it up for three weeks, we're not going to be calling Garoppolo's name. We're not. The, the fans will not be chanting that. So I think I, I think the pressure is off Trey Lance as far as him being the starter. I mean, they're very adamant about him starting week one this year, taking all the first ref snaps, all that. So, D, you make a great point. And in most circumstances, that is absolutely the case because, Nikki, we know that everybody's favorite player is the backup quarterback. <laughs> when your quarterback sucks, you want the backup to come in and take over and do everything. So, again, that's my only – look, and I would much rather have traded him and got something for him. Don't get me wrong. But to have him there to back up, I like Nikki. So, take it from either side you want. What do, what do you think before we get to Anthony's comment? No, I agree. Listen, there is something to be, what is that saying? Better the devil you know than, or what is it that you don't know? I don't know what that saying is. I know what you're trying to say, but I can't say it. Right. Okay. (laughs) Um, But you all know what I'm trying to say. Okay. Got it. So you know what you're getting with Jimmy G, right? It's kind of the point. Like, so if he did have to come in as a backup, at least, you know, he could take you pretty far into the playoffs, but then that's it. Okay, and I like that. That's actually a very good answer. I like I like that a lot. I like that. So, yeah, he's not going to be our Super Bowl winning quarterback. That's what we got Trey Lance to do. And let's see what Anthony's got to say over here. Do you think Jimmy G had the shoulder surgery to stay with the team and keep his starting job? That's an interesting comment. Um, no, I think that he had to have it, you know, either way if he was going to play. And I think that he kind of knew that he had one foot out the door, in my opinion, Anthony. So, so no, I, I really don't. But that's interesting. You never know the game within the game. It's all crazy. And sometimes speaking of the game real quick, we do have to mention, I don't want to forget before we get past this, Brian Dudek, despite none of us having the winner, okay, none of us, <laughs> Kansas, uh, none of us had North Carolina in eighth seat in the, in the freaking thing. That's just unbelievable. And Duke ended up going far. What a whole story that was. I mean, that was amazing. But Brian Dudek, Congratulations. You get the gift card. I will DM you. We'll DM you. Make sure that. Yes, absolutely. Round of applause. Good job. Did you guys watch the game? Did you watch on Monday? Yeah. Yeah. It was a mistake. I mean, no, it was a good game, but I was tired as hell. (laughs) You guys notice. um, So my husband and I were talking about this. Like, I feel like college basketball. Man, the defense is like so fun to watch. Right. It's like you got to fight for every play where I feel like the NBA, it's like. Oh, go ahead. Here, you just want to there. You just want to pop it in. But it was so nice to see like a defensive battle in that first half. Yeah. No doubt, I agree. And especially in yeah, North Carolina, D. Right? I mean, they they're up 15 points at halftime, and wow, that's got to hurt, bro. Yeah, no, it definitely had to hurt to lose that lead like that. Uh, but the coach Huber Davis definitely changed the perspective on him for sure because they were under expectations this year, the fact that they made it to the championship game, he's set for the next five years now because it's so oh, hard yeah. to do in college basketball. Oh, yeah. from eight seed. And plus the recruits they're going to get because they made this run is going to set them up for a good time as well. So he's definitely, he's the, he might have won the tournament, but he's the winner of the tournament, if you know what I mean, as far as just yeah. from an individual perspective. Um, but so Nikki's comment about the defense, I think that's part of the rules as well in college. Like you could be a lot more physical mm. with your defense and the zones you could play. You know, you could stay in the lane a little bit longer yeah. without it being called seconds in the lane, stuff like that. And with the NBA, the offensive talent is so amazing. Sometimes they make it look easier than, way, than it is. <laughs> like so yeah. like on that court with Kansas and North Carolina, you might have had two, three NBA players. 
with those other when the NBA, all those guys are just so talented on offense. It's so hard to stop those guys. Yeah, but no doubt she's right with the all-out effort that they're giving. Yeah. And, of course, it's a championship game. You yeah. expect that, but it, it's a beautiful thing to see. It really is. I'm trying so you hard. like that that line? We were thinking of – I should have texted you. I know I got the professionals in here. It was, what, <laughs> Kansas? Kansas and four? Or four and a half was the line. So we were going to bet, and then I'm like, oh. I don't know if I like that. Yeah. Good bet. Good call. Yeah. yeah, it was a good call, yeah. I didn't – you know, my college knowledge is very minimal, so I stayed away from betting on that. <laughs> but yeah, that was no, it's a good call not to bet on it for sure. Yeah, ah, without a doubt, I would say so. I would say mm-hmm. so. Um, yeah, Nikki, I know that I know that you're not a tremendous NBA fan. I mean, I know you like basketball. Don't get me wrong, but I know that you have somewhat followed what the Lakers are have been doing. And D, I know that you have. So I'm going to get to you in a second, but. It has been crazy, Nikki, just to give you the layout and, you know, stuff that you know already. LeBron James was basically the GM, put together this team with, you know, Russell Westbrook. Of course, they had Anthony Davis over there um, and other players. You know, we're not going to go over the whole entire list with Dwight Howard and whatnot. But, I, I mean, total trash. I mean, this is like an unbelievable disappointment. The fact that as of now, with even three or four games left in the season, they didn't even have a shot at the play in game, let alone top eight spot in the playoff. I mean, what a disaster. So I don't know. We'll get into the, the biggest sports disaster of all time, but this is like, it really is major when you look at it because it really is an indictment on LeBron James in a way in his managerial skills, or maybe he thinks that he can win with anybody out there. And sometimes athletes get to that level where they think that they can do it, but he's got to, you know, given his age, I know he's still in the run for the scoring title, but what a disaster to have such a terrible losing record and not even be anywhere near relevant. LeBron James for the first time since being a rookie, Nikki, it's really weird and hard to see. It is really weird. And to me, that says somewhere there's a breakdown in leadership, right? You just think of all broken teams, even well, if it's your own work team or something. Um, doesn't have to be a sports team. But think about all these broken teams that we see somewhere along the way, whether it's from the top or it's a locker room issue. Uh, there is a, a leadership issue. So that's the one thing that would stand out to me, because usually if it's a disaster, uh, something has gone wrong a long time ago and nobody ever addressed it. Very, very well. She said it's very smart for, again, somebody who doesn't even watch all the game. That was very well said because she's really pretty much dead on. When you think of Rob Lincoln, this whole situation, D, and I know that you could speak well on her right now, a, a, a total disaster, an absolutely total leadership disaster, like Jeannie Buss letting LeBron do whatever he wants to do. I get it. He's the king. He's one of the greatest we've ever seen of all time, but his job is to be the best player in the NBA, not to be the best GM in the NBA. Yeah. And most times those two don't go hand in hand, right? You're <laughs> usually, usually a really good player and you're not a good GM or you're not a good coach. It's very rare to find a player that turns into a great coach or a great GM. Like you have the ones that stand out like Jerry West became a great yeah. GM or Larry Bill Russell was, an, was a great like coach, yeah. a player type, you know, like there's yes. so few and far between, right? Yeah. Very few and far between Larry Bird was another one. So those guys are very few and far between. Most players are great players, and then they go on to be like, you know, analysts or do whatever they do after they retire. So with this situation, it was funny that Nikki mentioned that. So with LeBron, he's under contract. So if I'm the GM or I'm the basketball, the president of basketball operations, when LeBron comes to me and says, I want Russell Westbrook, and I look at it, I don't like the fit. Like if I was personally, I wouldn't, I didn't like the fit at the beginning. But I think we talked about it on here. I was like, I didn't, I don't think this fits 
because LeBron is his best when he has space. And as great as a player as Russell Westbrook has been during his career, the one thing he does not provide is space, nope. right? Because he can't, he's not a good shooter. So people are going to sink off of him and they're going to make the floor tight for everybody else. So with this roster, you're depending on Anthony Davis to be that guy. Anthony Davis is supposed to be the one to lead the team. That was the plan. LeBron, at this stage of his career, you want him to take a step back, be the second best player on the team. You want Anthony Davis, who is in his prime. This is supposed to be when he's at his best to be the leader. But you're betting on him to be healthy. When has he been healthy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's not the, the odds on that were probably at, you know, plus 12,000. You're, <laughs> you're not going to win a bet on him being healthy. He's only played more than 70 games twice in his career. He's in year 10. He's only played 70 or more games twice. And me as a Pelicans fan saw a lot of those years. And I used to call him King Boo Boo, right? Because he wouldn't get. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't get like super serious injuries. He did. He's never like torn an ACL or torn Achilles, broken a leg. He doesn't get those type of injuries. It's always knickknack injuries where mm-hmm. he'll miss two games, three games. This year he had more serious ones where he missed weeks at a time. But usually it's those knickknack injuries. Then it adds up. And next thing you know, he only played 50 games in a year instead mm-hmm. of 70, 75. Yeah. So when you're betting on him to beat a guy, you're already at you know, on an uphill battle. And then you add on the fact that Russell Westbrook doesn't really mix well with this roster. I don't think him and LeBron can mix well because they both do the same thing. But, of course, LeBron's a better player. So you're going to have LeBron be the one to run the offense and cook, right? So I just recorded an episode of my podcast where I talk about the Lakers season and why it didn't work. And I use your analogy about letting letting Mayfield bake. (laughs) I talk about that with Russ, right? Because – let Russ cook. Of course, when we say that, we're normally talking about Russell Wilson. But I think that Russell Westbrook also is somebody who works best when you let him cook. He needs people around him where he's the cook. He's yeah. the one putting all the ingredients in. He's the one doing all the fancy stuff. You can't ask him just to bake. He needs to be able to freestyle. When you bake, you can't freestyle. Everything is very detailed. You need this amount of sugar. It has to be at this degrees for this yeah. amount of time. That's Russell Westbrook can't do that. You can't ask him to do that because you ask him to be at 375, he's going to put at 400. You yeah. ask for three grams of sugar, he's going to put five grams of sugar because he's going to freestyle. But Next why did LeBron James understand that? Well, I mean, he yeah. knows the kind of player Russell Westbrook is, and he also knows that West, uh, Westbrook has played with a bunch of great players like Kevin Durant, and it doesn't work out. James Harden, because they want the ball. They need the ball. And that's what LeBron has now wanted more as he's going for a scoring title. And by the way, if he plays another game this year, I'll throw a fit if he tries to win the scoring title. After not playing last night and getting knocked out, I'll, I'll, I'll lose my mind. But, yeah, they could have done a better job. They could have, They were going after Buddy Heald, DeMar DeRozan. You know, these are the names that, that were out there. And, look, LeBron chose his mini-me. <laughs> I don't know what the hell why, uh, but he did. Uh, and, obviously, we see what happened. And he wanted him gone after, like, the first week. And and I don't want to hear all this. Well, let's see what happens when AD, LeBron, and, and Westbrook play together. They're 11 and 10. Okay, so let's not <laughs> – All right. So yeah, no, it wasn't – we didn't see, like, a great form of them when they were together. Uh, now, of course, if they play more together, they probably could find out more. Sure, sure. Uh, but even the thing is, it's funny because I expected them to struggle, but they're a disappointment even to me expecting them to be a disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> like I thought, I thought like, okay, they're going to struggle. They'll be like a six seed and they'll be out in the first round of playoffs. That's what yeah, was, right. my prediction. But the fact that they are the 11 seed, they got eliminated before the season even ended is nuts. Bob. With that roster, you said they got four guys on their roster who are in the top 75 all time. 
Yeah. You can make a, a strong argument. It should be five because I think Dwight got robbed of being on the list. So mm. you have a strong argument there that you have five of the top 75 guys all time on your roster and you couldn't get to 35 wins. That- it, it's absolutely crazy. And maybe next week we'll do our Mount player player of biggest disappointments. And they'll definitely Ooh. be on it. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> oh, I like that right there. Cause, yeah. Oh, man. Nice. Show is, is set because as everybody <laughs> knows, we just text each other real quick. And then, you know, we go live and whatever That's happens, it. happens. That's <laughs> it. That's it. We just go with whatever order pops up. But, ba- Matt, you brought up Mount Player Player. Why don't we get into Mount Player Player right now? You know, we'll do it before okay. Knowledge with Nikki. Map, this is awesome. And it's Nikki's idea. D, this is your baby brought to you by Beer Drop. You take it away. Yes, so it is brought to you by Beer Drop. If you go to thirdandthreepodcast.com, scroll down a little bit, you'll see our three companies that sponsor the website and podcast. One of them is Beer Drop. So when you go to their link through our website, you'll get access to multiple beers from all over the country being delivered to you. You don't have to go get them. They come straight to you. Hmm. So when you're eating your meat from Meatworks and you're working out in your, your, work, your Reebok gear or you're wearing your Reebok gear to relax, what's better than having a cold beer delivered to you in your home only five dollars a drink at a very affordable shipping cost you're not going to have that at a ball game or at a restaurant the drinks and the beer is going to cost a lot more so why not have it delivered to you at a cheaper cost go to 33podcast.com and then go to our beer drop link that's the only price only place we can get that price Mm, love it Absolutely love it. How do you not love what we got going on over here? And we got more coming. Unbelievable. Go to third and three podcasts for everything. And plus the articles. Ooh, we got some flashy ones out there, baby. I don't want to ruin the surprise. Just get on over there and scroll through and click around and have a good time. Right, Dean? Yes, we always drop in good content. We have three very good writers who have their own styles. So you're going to get content from all over the place. I'm going to be bringing a lot of boxing. There's a lot of good boxing coming up over the next two months. So you're going to get a lot of box articles from me. You're going to get Nikki. It could be anything under the sun with Nikki. Jason right. can bring you to basketball, to football. He can even bring you baseball. He might bring you some baseball with baseball coming around. So you yeah, never right. know what's going to happen. So go ahead and check out 33podcast.com for sure. No doubt. No <laughs> doubt. All right, D. So, yeah, let's do it. Now play a player. Nikki's brainchild. I, I, I love this. Yes. Yeah, so Nikki's idea was to do the four biggest what ifs. Uh, in history, or I guess your four favorite or four not favorite, whatever your four is. Yeah. What ifs in sport history? So I want to start with Nikki, since this is your baby. What is your number four of what ifs in sports history? So, I mean, I was like all over the place with this. Like it was fun, (laughs) but there's so many things. And then I like, I had to type out like the chain reaction of like, if this did happen. So I myself had to narrow this down. So I'm doing my four biggest NFC East, like, or pertains to the NFC East, what ifs? Because I literally was all over the place. You should see my list. It was was ridiculous. I can imagine. Oh, my God. I I was like, I mean, I don't even know. It was going everywhere. So for me, I just had to narrow it down a little bit. I apologize if you guys have these, but maybe you don't. Um, So I will start with the obvious one. It's not my number one, but my obvious one. What if Phillip Rivers went to the Giants? And Eli Manning played for the Chargers. Like, you know, I've always said I don't think Phillip Rivers – I'm not saying he wouldn't have won here. I don't think he would be the darling that Eli Manning is, right? The media, he handled the media so well. The fans – I mean, this man is, like, 
be loved in this area. You ever see them out, out around Hoboken or whatever? Free beers, you guys like to say, free food, like that's it. I don't know that Philip Rivers would have handled the media here that well. And I don't know. Maybe, I think maybe they would have been one and one. Maybe Philip Rivers could have won a Super Bowl. I think maybe Eli could have done it. Because remember, look at that Chargers team at the time. It wasn't like you didn't have any talent. So Eli would have been walking yeah. into some talent there. Yeah. But what do you guys think? Do you think if that played out as it was supposed to, that, you know, does Philip Rivers have a Super Bowl? What do you think? I think, I think Rivers would handle the media well, though. I do think, because his personality, even though, you know, it's, and very anti-New York with not cursing and, <laughs> and you know, fudging and stuff like that. But I think his personality and being that funny guy and talking to trash that he talks, I think New Yorkers would have liked him for being a quarterback that talks trash. Not many quarterbacks out there throwing a 70-yard bomb and then talking trash to a defensive lineman who just missed him. I think, <laughs> I think the Giants uh, fans would have kind of gravitated towards him for that. Uh, and I do think Rivers was a good quarterback. So those years where – that defense was coming through. I think Rivers could have got a Super Bowl too, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I think, honestly, I, it would have been interesting to see what the response would be to him. But I think Rivers could have had the same results as Eli had. And Eli with the Chargers, yeah, it would have been, it would be weird because I don't know if he's a star. He's still a Manning, so that helps. But with the charges in San Diego, we all know, you know, how San Diego didn't get the attention that other markets got. So Eli there, does he bring that market? Does he bring that attention because he is a Manning in those years where that defense was incredible and they had Cromartie and those guys shutting down Peyton Manning and all those things happen. Is he able to bring San Diego over that hump? Is it enough? But Antonio Gates and LT and those guys. And it's very interesting. That's a really good what if. I didn't think about that one. That's no, I didn't either. That, I think it's a heck of a, of a what if, and I'll, I'll try to keep it very short winded over here. I think they'd uh, agree that Philip Rivers would have done well with the media here because he, he he's done well with the media. He hasn't, you know, really had his issues or whatever. And yes, he is outlandish on the field, but at the microphone, he does a good job. He was always a professional. As far as on the field is concerned, for what Philip Rivers could have done for the Giants, I think that he could have equaled what Manning did. I'm not going to say that he would have done better, Nikki. I, I'm not. Because two Super Bowls is incredible. Slice it any way you want. Two Super Bowls are great. Um, yeah. I don't know if he would have got to put Eli on the Chargers. Um, being the fact that I, you know, I truthfully and again, I'm not throwing anything, no tomatoes at you. I think that Philip Rivers is overall a better quarterback. I don't know if Eli Manning would have got them a championship, but with the weird runs that he had, they maybe could have snuck out a year. Uh, with it, yeah. with that talent over there. So that wouldn't have shocked me. So that's, it's an interesting one. And uh, the Giants, they can't say they went wrong. They got two Super Bowls out of it. Yeah, for sure. No, that's a that's a really good one. And it's uh, something that when you think about it, it's like, man, I wonder if that would have really changed history a lot. So that's mm -hmm. a good one. Yeah, that's cool. Well, like so then Jay, Brady, oh, like he would have had those, right? Like then that Super Bowl doesn't happen. Like then what does happen? I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I don't, I don't see Rivers making that throw for the helmet catch, so that's true. Yeah. I can see. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he says he'll be in that situation, but yeah, I'm not yeah. sure. Rivers, yeah, Not that Eli Manning is the most athletic guy out there, but Rivers was the statue for sure, yeah. so I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. so that's for sure. That's No, nah, that's good. So what's your number four, Jay? I think you'll like this one, Dean. What if Will Chamberlain, Chamberlain played in today's NBA? Oh. I would love to see how that would work out with the bigs that – 
if you take the 90s with the David Robinsons and the Shaquille O'Neal's and Akeem Olajuwon's and then moving to now with the six foot 10, 11, seven footers like Kevin Durant who can shoot the ball from three and the Giannis's and, and all that. I would love to see how Will Chamberlain would perform today. Honestly, I think he would do great. I think he was that great of an athlete where he would maybe, I mean, he wouldn't be considered, he probably wouldn't be considered the best player in the NBA. And that's again, so like impossible to even answer, obviously, but I think that he would still be a big time player in the NBA, but the legend that he is now, I don't know that he would be, but still, I think that he would totally hold up and and, and be awesome, be an all-star and a Hall of Famer still be. Yeah, now nah, he was, like you said, an amazing athlete, like a guy who, you know, dominated track and field. He said he was good at tennis. Like he's somebody who literally did everything. Uh, so I think he would be a very good player in today's NBA. And if he was, say, born in 1990, his game would be so different because he would be taught so many different skills with that mm-hmm. athleticism. So it would be amazing to see. Watching some of the highlights that you do get to watch from back then, you could tell, like, his athleticism would translate to today. So I think yeah. he'd be a very good center. He'll be right there with Embiid, Joker, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think he'll be right there in that mix with those guys. Yeah. And another thing, Nikki, he would be lifting a lot of weights in today's game. So he would look a lot yeah. bigger and stronger. That would probably add to it as well. So, yes. yeah. Yeah. For sure. So I know I like the number four a lot. Uh, so for my number four, I'm going to go basketball as well. What if Grand Hill never had that ankle injury? Oh, it's my, my number four. Mm-hmm. Uh, so looking at Grand Hill stats pre ankle injury. Right. So the last year where he was in his prime pre ankle injury for Detroit, he averaged 25 points, six rebounds, five assists, shot 49 percent from the field and 35 percent from three. Now, you got to remember, this is pre three point revolution. So mm-hmm. if he would have playing in today's game, he would shot a lot more three points and probably shot a higher percentage because he would have practiced it more. So the fact that he was doing that back then just lets you know how talented he was. And he was averaging almost 26 points a game and was 27 years old. So he's going into his prime, averaging 26 points a game. He got tired of being in Detroit, went to Orlando, but never really got to get off the track. Right. Never got started because of his ankle injury. Only had one like full season playing with Orlando. And even in that year, after all the surgeries, made an all-star team averaging 20 points a game. So imagine what he would have done in his prime without the ankle injury on the trajectory that he was on. He was on a trajectory for sure to be a top 75 guy. I remember watching the all-star game, watching the pre the pregame show, and he was on it. And he was talking about how just nice it was to see all those guys and you could tell it was emotional for him because he's like, he didn't want to say he was going to be on it, but he was like, I was on a trajectory to be one of the guys on the top 75 list. I, I got sad, man. I was like, dang, he, he like he, the fact that he knows he was good enough to do that, and it got taken, it got taken from him. It, it kind of sucks. So for yeah. me, I'm like, oh man, that sucks. But that's the biggest, one of the biggest what else in history. If Grant Hill would have stayed healthy, how good would Grant Hill have been? I totally agree. They talked about him being like the next Scottie Pippen or even a better version of that. I remember in Duke, he was a huge player. Um, yeah, there were so many high hopes for him. Uh, going back to the Detroit Piston days, even thinking about those ridiculous uniforms they used to wear. But he was <laughs> such a great player, man. Um, yeah, it is. it really is a shame. It's yeah. a shame. Makes me think of another guy. I don't know if he's on anybody's list. I highly doubt it, but um, I'll say it after. But uh, no, I, I like that one because I saw Grant Hill play and I know that he would have been an all time great. There's no question. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So now let's move on to another NFC East. What if? OK, guys, what 
if Chip Kelly got Marcus Mariota. Do you guys remember? So like the 2015 draft, right? It was so uh, this all I heard, obviously living here, it was like, the Eagles are going to trade up. The Eagles are going to trade up. They want to get Marcus Mariota. Chip Kelly wants to get him, right? Coached him up in Oregon. Like, that's all we heard. This is what the Eagles are doing. Okay, Eagles make an offer to the Titans. Uh, it was two first-round picks for 15 and 16, a second-round pick for 15, and any quarterback and defensive player on the Eagles roster, wow. which – you have to think would have been Sam Bradford, Fletcher Cox, right? Like if you're giving me anybody on that defense, I'll Fletcher take Cox Fletcher for sure. Cox. Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so Titans don't budge, right? Eagles get Nelson Aguilar that year, right? <laughs> um, but if Chip Kelly got Marcus Mariota, Doug Peterson doesn't get hired, right? Um, and I do think that that combination – Marks Mariota probably could have been in the top 10 quarterbacks that year mm. anyway with Chip Kelly. Wow. That's a really good one. Thing <laughs> is, I don't know if Mariota is successful in the NFL, no matter who his coach is. I just don't think he's a good NFL quarterback. Now, maybe Chip Kelly having that relationship with him and knowing how to use him best brings the best out of him. Yeah. But I just haven't seen anything from him NFL-wise to make me think, Oh man, this guy would have been good. It's not like with Vince Young. Hopefully, it's not on anybody's list. But with Vince Young, I feel like if he would have been in a better system or with a different coach outside of Jeff Fisher, we see a better version of Vince Young. We saw some flashes of brilliance, especially his rookie year. Same thing with like RG3. If RG3 situation is different, we know the talent was there with RG3, with Vince Young. Mariota, I didn't see, I never saw those flashes to make me think this guy has it. So for me, honestly, I think if that does happen, Chip Kelly loses his job even faster. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. No, you think, I, about, think about all they gave up. The Titans would have been in – just been made if they did that trade. So yeah. it would have worked out great for the Titans, and I think Chip Kelly gets fired, like, after year one or two after that. No, you, I, I think it's a great thing that for for both sides, you know, that the trip – well, actually, it'd be great for Tennessee, but for the Eagles, yeah. I think it would have been terrible. But, I mean, I, I don't want to – Totally dump on Mariota. I don't want to say he took the Titans to the playoffs, but he was their quarterback and he did a good job. I mean, he can run around. Look, they went to the playoffs. Um, they got knocked out in a crazy game against the Chiefs, but I mean, he was there and he played. And look, now he's had to ride the bench for a couple of seasons. He's finally got a starting job back with Atlanta. I, I can't wait to see what happens with that. I'm rooting for the guy um, for no really particular reason other than I like to see underdog oh, stories. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I like to see stuff like that, but. Um, no, I mean, he was decent, but I, I, I'll, I'll never forget that draft Winston Mariota. I'm like, mistake, mistake. Well, let's move on. <laughs> I just, sorry, no offense. Steve. I just nah, uh, <laughs> didn't live up to expectations. Of Tampa Bay. I think maybe with the saints, he'll be able to turn it around. So we'll see, but yeah, yeah that's a, that's an interesting one, but I think it would have worked out way better for the Titans than the Eagles. Yeah. So, <laughs> Jay, what's your number three? What if Bo Jackson never got hurt? Oh, my God. Oh, my Lord. What if he never got hurt? The things that this guy would have done on the football field, and I don't know how long he would have lasted because he was such a physical guy and everything, and I know the injuries and whatnot, but let's just say again, you know, in our creative world over here of what ifs, if he never got hurt, he would go down. He already goes down as one of the best running backs of all time. He played for 14 minutes. So if he played for (laughs) – 
if he played for a, a solid 10 year career, I, he'd probably, you know, be the all time leading rusher in, in a 10 to 12 year span where it took Emmett like 17 years to beat Walter Payton. So yeah. what if Bo Jackson never got hurt? Wow. Yeah, man, that is amazing. And the thing is, he did so much in a short time, right? He has something mm-hmm. that no one else is ever going to do, right? Pro for Bowl real. and MLB All-Star game in the same year. Yep. It's never going to be done again, right? It's not, no one's going to be allowed to do that, right? No, no. There's somebody probably capable of it, maybe like a Kyler Murray, who's capable of doing that, but they're not going to be allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. So he's got that for the rest of history. And the fact that he was able to do that in just a short amount of time shows you just the legend he is. And that's what kind of makes it, I guess, it's bittersweet because because he only played a short amount of time. Yeah. He's, it's the myth, the legend, the right. stories you hear about him, like he threw a rock across a field and killed a pig, <laughs> those type of stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he grew up in an era with no social media and everything wasn't recorded, the legends and the stories going to get bigger and bigger over time. Of course. So it's kind of cool. And you don't really, with people that's, Athletes now, you're not going to have that because they're like, oh, they didn't catch it on video. doesn't count. But now <laughs> with him, you have that. You can make those stories up. And some of the things are real. It's like he jumped over a 16-foot ditch. Running, running, like, it's like all these things that are made up about Bo Jackson that could be true, could not be true. We don't know. It's kind of – Bo knows, though. But Bo knows. <laughs> Bo doesn't know. <laughs> That's a great one right there. Uh, so – and because of that, it adds to the allure. But, man, I would have loved to see him just concentrate on football for Hell. 10, 12 years, like you were saying, oh. like that would have been amazing because he was even baseball. He wasn't the the best like contact hitter, but when he did hit it, oh my God. It oh, was, oh, yeah. yeah it, oh, it when, screamed off the bat. I, yeah, it was, it was going out of here. And then the athleticism he showed in the field, I still, I remember the first highlight I saw was actually him playing baseball when he ran up the, the wall. Oh. Come on. Like <laughs> he just did that for fun. He just wanted to show off. Hey, he caught the ball like 15 feet before the wall. It's like, you know what? I'm just gonna run around this thing and you know, just and come back. What an athlete. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, Nikki, I'm really dying cool. to know what Brent is talking about here with this Weddell game thing. Oh I, my god, don't like I told him it's not ready for air yet. Like it's this NFL player guessing game, but I don't know how it works yet. So I, I, oh I can't my figure gosh. it out. So I'm gonna look into it. Yeah, no, so you click on it and just I mean. This is like off air talk because I we you wanted me to try it on air, but the, it's like solving a puzzle and it's like not quite entertaining enough to like. Okay, you know, <laughs> all right. I've seen people talk about it on Twitter and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So you basically like it kind of gives you like it'll be like it gives you hints like not a quarterback, not in the AFC South. He's you know over six two, and then so like you click on a player, you get eight guesses, and then you're like, okay, maybe it's a wide receiver. So you click the player you think it is and then you just keep solving the puzzle all the way down but like oh okay it's I, i'm not a puzzle person and i don't hmm. know that it would like be entertaining on here but maybe right. if you guys download it we can all play and can I, I might give I'm, it a I'm shot down. Yeah, i want to get off download. track but oh i'm sorry you go ahead i'm sorry no so i'm down to download it and try it for sure I and mean, i'm always down for football trivia and stuff like that so hell yeah it's hard <laughs> it's really hard Okay. Yo, speaking of football trivia, I don't want to get off track here. We'll get back to Matt play play. But I was talking to my best bud up in New York, and he was telling me him and his guys at, uh, at the office they do this thing. It's like sportomatic, spotomatic, something like that, where it's a different NFL question every day. And like today's NFL question was going through each team. We're not going to do it. You know, all thirty-two teams. Who, what receiver from twenty from twenty ten to twenty nineteen has scored the most touchdowns for each team? And he went to a couple with me, so he he wanted to test me out real quick. He gave me the Cowboys and the Packers, and 
I'm like, yeah, I'm like Bryant for the for the Cowboys. Like, yeah, he goes, yeah, that's the one that I missed actually. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah. Then I'm like for the Packers. I'm like, I can't. It's not Devontae Adams. That's who he's. I'm like, oh, it's the white dude. The white dude. What's his name? Jordan <laughs> Nelson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jordan. Yeah, that's now that's a that's a really good question. Yeah, I, I got to check that out. That that could be fun to do with you know yeah. between us. I got to check that out. For sure. No, that's Sorry to get off track, D. I apologize. No, no, no problem at all. Well, and then we got to download the app and try it with Nikki for yeah. sure. Yeah. So now we're on to your, is this number three? Three um, for you. Three for you, D. Yeah. Oh, three for me. Okay. So for my number three, this one's painful. What if the referee did call pass interference against the Rams in an NFC championship game? It's something that haunts my dreams to this day because <laughs> the, the Patriots played the Rams in that Super Bowl and it was like the worst Super Bowl of all time. Neither yeah. team could score. Awesome. So I'm thinking if the Saints were in that game, we could score more than 13 points. That's the one thing our team could do is score more than 13 points. Yeah. And maybe we have that second Super Bowl for Drew Brees that we were trying to get for those years. And, oh, man, and it, does it change the – perspective that people see Drew Brees in? Does it change the way that people look at Sean Payton? Uh, does Drew Brees retire earlier if he gets that Super Bowl ring that year? And then maybe it changes where we get a quarterback and who we have now. There's so many things that could change based on that one call. Because if that call is made, we win that game. So we win that yeah. game, go to Super yeah. Bowl. It's not a guarantee we beat the Patriots. They had a great defense that year. You know, Bill Pelichick is going to come in there with the greatest strategy against us. So it's definitely no guarantee we beat them. But if that offense played that badly against us, I think we get more than 13 points, which, again, is no guarantee because you don't know what happens with two different teams, styles, make matchups, all that stuff. Of course. But of course. If we win that Super Bowl, I think it changes everything. Hmm. That's definitely interesting. Yeah, to give each of them another Super Bowl, New Orleans, the whole city, another Super Bowl. I, I, I think they – I would have probably had them favored over the Patriots. I mean, geez, 13-3 to three yeah. was the final score. Yeah. What a horrible Super oh, Bowl. God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel <laughs> for you, D. I definitely yeah. feel for you, man. That, and that, uh, another thing is that Super Bowl was in Atlanta. For us to win a Super Bowl oh, in Atlanta oh, oh. <laughs> would have been just epic. Yeah. It would have been riots in the street. Philly <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> style. Yeah. It would have been just oh, war. <laughs> we would have rubbed it in their faces forever that we won a Super Bowl in their home stadium. Oh, I wish we had yeah, cool. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. So now let's go back to the NFC East, Nikki. Okay, you touched on it. What if RG3 didn't get hurt? Or what if they just simply handled that injury appropriately, right? I mean, right before the playoffs, you know, here comes whole Odinata. Oh, just smash him right (laughs) in the knee. And you guys remember how brutal it was to watch that? I watched it back yesterday again, and I just, oh, my God. So... Right. And then he gets cleared right away. So and then it was never clear if Mike Shanahan actually had the clearance to put him back in the next week. Right. It was a playoff game. Um, But I also you just knew that that knee was going to go out. Like I think we all knew it. We all knew he shouldn't have played. But that goes like we just talked about leadership problems. Dan Snyder enabled that shit. Right. Remember, didn't RG3 walk in the locker room and tell the coaches like, I'm speaking now. You're going to listen to me and give me my mm. 15 minutes. So I know there are issues there, you know, but God, I feel like not only him, but you guys think about that coaching staff, right? So Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, and Sean McVay were all there. Like, 
So if RG3 has a career, I think they all get discovered a lot quicker than they did, right? I mean, and then, so Mike Shanahan probably stays in power. John Gruden's not coming over here to the, the commanders. I mean, I just, if he didn't get hurt, I don't know. I think the whole course of, you know, it's completely different, the coaching landscape. It could have been deep because, you know, real quick, bro, our, there was uh, Andrew Luck or RG3, Andrew Luck or RG3, you know, one of them kind of conversations. And so a lot of people were saying RG3 should go first. Bro, they were up for, even with that terrible, uh, just crud of a leg that he had in that game. Washington was up 14 nothing on Seattle. And as soon as he went out, that game is over, that first playoff game. That's how good he was. You're right, Nikki. He never should have been playing. They should have not have gone for it all. And with the rookie quarterback in the season who won the rookie of the year, Oh my God! What a mistake! Kirk totally Cousins right. was his backup. Don't forget Kirk yeah. Cousins. Oh yeah, that's yeah. He would have been God knows where. Who knows what would happen? But yeah, I think that's one of the reasons he felt that pressure is because he knew how much Mike Shanahan liked Kirk Cousins, right? But then why draft him second overall? I don't get it. Yeah, I don't. I don't get why. Because it was draft day. People was losing their mind. Remember? Because when they drafted him and then they drafted Kirk Cousins in the fourth round, if I remember correctly. Who like what? Why would yeah, you right, right, right. Kirk Cousins in the fourth round when you just have a rookie quarterback? When people thought of Kirk Cousins as a guy who was going to be a developmental guy to be a starter eventually, which is true, he eventually became a starter and has been a quality starter in the NFL. Like he's, you have your opinions about how good he is, but he is a starter in this league. So the fact that you draft that guy and you put the pressure on him immediately on RG three just set everything in motion. And not only did they rush him back in that game. RG3 and his management started this whole campaign right after that. We're going to be ready for day one of the next year. Mm-hmm. So not only did they rush him back for that game, he got rushed back the next year. He shouldn't have been rushed back to play because you think about it, he got hurt in the playoffs. There's no way he should have been back to start the next year, but he was. Yep. So everything was handled so wrong about that. And the thing is, he's still so young. Like he, If that doesn't happen in that way, he's probably the commander's quarterback right now. Totally. <laughs> like it changes everything. So that's a great what if right there. We don't know if he, maybe he leads his team to a Super Bowl, how things change. We just don't know. Like it's, oh man, it's totally different if that injury doesn't happen. Cause like I said earlier, we saw the talent. We saw how good he was right away. Like yep. I'll never forget his first game, he destroyed my Saints. <laughs> like absolutely just destroyed us. First play. Play action, 80-yard bomb against yeah. the Saints. The first play of his career. So I was like, oh, this guy has, <laughs> has it. Like, he's going to be he's gonna be phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, RG3, man, I just hate that that happened to him. And now him and Andrew Luck are out the league. It's so crazy. I know, right? Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Wow. Unbelievable stuff. Very good one. That's a great yeah. one, Nikki. Just sticking to the NFC East alone so far, great. That's a great job out of you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's good. That's the project manager right there. Know how to yeah. But I do. <laughs> there you go. So, what's your number two, Jay? Mm, I hope you guys don't have this. I feel like you might, but what if Mo Lewis never knocked out Drew Bledsoe? What oh. if Mo Lewis never knocked out Drew Bledsoe? Would Tom Brady ever even see the field as a New England Patriot ever in history? Would he even get a starting job anywhere else? We don't know. Mo Lewis made Tom Brady's career right there. Tom Brady made his career. Let's not kid around, all right? But if not for that hit, Tom Brady's not getting on. There is no question he is not getting on the field. I mean, he is pretty good, yeah. Yeah, Drew Bledsoe Bledsoe was absolutely – he was really good. There's no doubt. He took the Patriots to the Super Bowl just four years earlier. 
You know, they when they played uh, the Packers, they lost the game, but under Bill Parcells. And now under Bill Belichick, Parcells' protege, they could have done it again with Bledsoe. But look what turned out. Bledsoe doesn't get hurt in week two of the 2001 season against the New York Jets. And Mo Lewis doesn't almost literally kill the guy. I mean, I mean, that's how bad he was hurt. Yeah. Tom Brady's career never ever becomes what it is right now. It's not possible because he wouldn't have been with the Patriots, wouldn't have won those first three Super Bowls with that defense, and then gone on to be the player. There's no way. Mo Lewis, I mean, Tom Brady should, for every single Christmas, should buy him a new car. I swear to God. Absolutely. And, you know, Drew Bledsoe, just to add on real quick, the, he, I respect him. I don't like the guy, and I have no problem saying that on air. Not that he's fucking listening, but I, I, I don't, I don't like the guy. But I respect him like hell. Out as a football player, he wanted to get back on the field so bad. And if you guys remember, they played the Steelers in the AFC Championship yeah. game that year, and Brady got hurt, and Bledsoe came in. They won the game. He threw a touchdown at David Patton, I think it was, in the end zone. And this is at Heinz Field. They go to the Super Bowl, and and uh, Belichick says, "We're going to go with the guy that got us here, Brady." And it wasn't a great offensive performance. We know that. The final score was, what, 2017? And seven of those points came out of tight law interception, right? Yeah. So, um, I mean, whatever. I already like, had like 150 yards passing. Yeah. They won the <laughs> yeah. MVP. I mean, give me a fucking <laughs> Won the MVP of that game. What a joke. But but let's be real. That Tom Brady's career, he still may have been a great quarterback, maybe, but it, this would have never happened. Now, the AFC Championship game gets overshadowed because of, of course, the tuck rule that happened before that, right? So, yeah. You know, yeah. So it, gets, it gets lost in history that's because that's one, another huge what if. Yeah. What if the tuck rule never happens? Yeah. Like, they, they, the, Raiders, the Raiders win that game yeah. in maybe the next year. Tom Brady's probably the starter because I think Bill Belichick saw something in Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's like, does he go to the Super Bowl? Because the next year, if I remember correctly – no, they won a Super Bowl. Then they went like nine and seven. Or yeah, they went yeah either eight and eight or nine, but they missed the playoffs the following year. Yep. Yeah. So then that changes everything. Do you have that confidence to keep going with him if you go nine and seven? If you lost in a divisional round the previous yeah. year, so there's so many what ifs that happens with Tom Brady's career, and that's why when people just automatically say he's the goat because of all these Super Bowls, like there's so much little things that could have changed history there. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> but, both true. But to your question, if Drew Blessel never goes out. I think another team hears about Tom Brady. I think that another another team hears about him because he was the he worked his way up from the sixth round pick to being the backup, right? So okay. I think another team hears about him and picks him up. He ends up being a starter for like Miami, another team that was searching for a quarterback for all these years. So like a Miami, a Jets, somebody like that. And he ends up being successful, but it's not seven Super Bowl Tom Brady. Okay. So here's let me just let me just rebuttal that real quick. They won. We, we can all agree predominantly those first three Super Bowls were defensively, right? Predominantly. There's no yeah. doubt. Yeah. They didn't win another Super Bowl until 2014. It was 10 yeah. years later. So yeah. I don't know if Tom Brady wins a Super Bowl with any other organization. I mean, because he was with the Pats and Bill Belichick, the greatest. We have to factor all this stuff in. And I'm not taking away from Tom Brady. I'm really, really not. It's just, again, the what if. This guy, Tom Brady, does not get on the field if Drew Bledsoe is healthy all year. Bottom line, that's it. Nah, it's definitely true for sure. Uh, and like I said, there's no guarantee he wins Super Bowl in a different organization. Like I said, I do think he's a great quarterback without the Super Bowls. But then, of course, Super Bowls is what makes Tom Brady yeah. Tom Brady. Right? Ain't nobody should have lost that Super yeah. Bowl if they would have freaking handed it off to Marshawn Lynch. They wouldn't even have won the damn thing. What a joke. 
God, talk about another Ooh. great what if. Yeah, right. Yeah. You just ran the ball, P. Carroll. <laughs> yeah, what really. If? See, look what we're coming we're up. About, we're talking. Yeah, we're talking about Russell Wilson, two-time Super Bowl champion. Yeah, uh, going to the Denver Broncos this year. Yeah, for real. Uh, so many things happen in Tom Brady's favor, right? And everybody oh, who's successful everything. needs, yeah, needs luck along the way. But Ooh. his level of luck has been extraordinary. He's had an inflated ball of luck have gone his way. <laughs> yeah. So the fact that Eli has some lucky things go against him is cool to me. Like the helmet catch was just karma for all the luck yeah. <laughs> that has happened to Tom Brady. So it's it's unbelievable when you think about all the what ifs in Tom Brady's career. But man, because then because I remember the AFC championship game because Cordell Stewart's from my hometown. So we're rooting for the Steelers. We're like, oh, we want to see the Steelers go to the Super Bowl. Cordell, you know, wasn't the greatest quarterback, but he was their starter. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, man, let's <laughs> we get Cordell Stewart to the Super Bowl. This is amazing. And, of course, you know, like you mentioned, Drew Blussell comes in and they win the game. So amazing what-ifs with Tom Brady's career. That's a really good one right there. Unreal. Unreal. Tom got the four-leaf clover in his shoe. <laughs> and my guy. <laughs> so, that's good. For sure, man. For sure. Like, all the luck happened in his direction. So – Time for my number two. All right. So for my number two, I'm going to go back old school basketball. What if Michael Jordan never went to play baseball? Oh. What happens oh. if Michael Jordan, after that third championship, is able to say, hey, you know what? I still can play. I'm not drained right now. And we learned from the last dance that he just was totally cooked mentally and all the stuff going on, the stuff that happened with his dad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, the stuff that, uh, so the stuff that happened with his you know the horrible you know murder of his dad and everything that went into it if that doesn't happen he continues to play basketball are we talking about eight-time champion wow. michael jordan <laughs> like because then you have kim elijah one doesn't get his two rings and there's no comparison yeah, Mike is right. That would have been amazing finals. Michael that Jordan versus great. Team Elijah winning those Rockets. It would have been amazing. And I'm not saying the Bulls automatically win that because they didn't have they had no answer for Kim Elijah one. Like, Nobody did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if it was no matter if it was Luke Longley or if it was Bill Cartwright at the time or <laughs> nice. Bill Wellington. Yeah. <laughs> like they had no answer for a Kim Elijah one. So it would have been amazing to see what they would have done to try to combat that. Because then you got a double, then now you got Kenny Smith open and Mario Elliott, all those shooters they had. Surrounding the Kim Elijah one, how does the Bulls' defense adjust to that? It would have been amazing to see. So that's one of my biggest what ifs. If Michael Jordan doesn't go, do they win a straight or do they lose to Hakeem in the finals because they had no answer for a great center like that? Now they were able to beat Shaq. I, I know they were able to eventually beat Shaq when Shaq was in Orlando. So they were able to beat a great center. But in that year, 94, they would have lost. Because remember, uh, Horace Grant moved on after 93 to Orlando. So you no longer have Horace Grant. Do you – or no, I'm sorry. Horace Grant left the the next year after that. So Then they got right? Yeah, so when they move on, is D able to beat them? So it's a big what if. Because if he loses and he doesn't have the perfect finals record, does that affect now how we talk about the GOAT conversation with him and LeBron? Or if he does win and he has eight straight, there's no competition. Yeah, right. you have eight straight, then you're like, oh, it's no, it's not close at all. Right. So either way, it changes the whole goal conversation because the reason it's close is that he didn't win eight straight, and the reason that people think it's him is because he didn't lose in the finals. Mm-hmm. When he plays against a in the Rockets, 
the Bulls have a really good chance of losing that series. Yeah, that's what Mike's saying. Eventually, he's mm-hmm. saying that uh, he would have lost over there. All good things do come to an end, and they did come to an end in Washington with the Warriors. But damn, they could have won eight straight. Could you? Win? I mean, in the NBA basketball era, especially with how many great players there were. I mean, that would just – I mean, if Jordan isn't solidified as the greatest athlete of all time in professional sports, I don't know what – eight straight. And that was certainly most definitely possible, without a doubt. And if he didn't wear number 45, they could have won seven in eight years, you know, possibly. You know, when, uh, when Orlando took him out and freaking Anderson uh, stole that. But gee, that broke my heart. I wasn't even a Bulls fan, and that broke my heart when he stole that ball from him. It, it killed me. Yeah. But that that's a great what if. It really is. That, it really is because th- that would – you know, like how nobody can really catch Tom Brady now. Like it'd be impossible, just impossible if it's not already to catch Michael Jordan. And LeBron is that close, but eight in a row, you're right, bro. Yeah, no, it would have been just so hard to for anybody to try to do that. Because the fact that LeBron made it to eight finals in a row is absolutely ridiculous. So to to win eight in a row, uh <laughs> just yeah. absolutely crazy, man. So that's one of my biggest what ifs that I think about all the time. Like even on 2K, I'll play like the 93 Bulls versus the 94 Rockets just to see how the matchup works. Of I do in my in my in my off time. <laughs> but yeah, just to see like would this how would this matchup work? How would, I know Phil Jackson's an amazing coach too. He came up with something, but eventually Hakeem Olajuwon, especially in his prime where he was then, would have been so hard to stop. You imagine. <sighs> Like, how could they have done it? So that's one of the biggest what-ifs in history for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, but, again, it's not like Hakeem wasn't around with Clyde Drexler before that. You know, they, they were still yeah. around, and they didn't even make it to the finals until, you know, I guess, uh, you know, the Lakers were done, and then Portland was done, you know. So, yeah. yeah, it was, you know, it was Houston's turn to take over after, you know, Phoenix, Barkley and all that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was his turn, and he got his two in a row. And, damn, that – goes to one of mine later that I didn't include in it. No, I'll, I'll get to it. But, yeah, getting back on track over here, brother. Go ahead. <laughs> so now we're on to number ones. What's your number one, Nikki? Number one for the NFC East is, speaking of catches, 2014 divisional playoff game, Cowboys-Packers. Oh. If that was a catch, which we friggin' all thought it was a catch. Yeah. I mean, you guys remember that? What Cowboys down by five? I think there was like four minutes left. Field goal was doing nothing for them, right? So I mean, Romo could have, yeah, he could have dumped it off for two, but no, bomb down the sideline. Des Bryant. I mean, I am not a Cowboys fan by any. I was heartbroken. Like I, I swear that was a catch. I think today it would be a catch, right? Yeah. So if that is called a catch, I mean. No, I'm not saying the Cowboys would have definitely won. That team was fire that year. I think there's a good chance they beat the Packers. And then do they go on and do they get a Super Bowl that year? Mm-hmm. Mm. I, Nikki, I, I like it a lot, D. I, I really like that one a lot because I watched that. And even during that time, I'm like, how is that not a catch? And yeah. the Cowboys. Hands. Like, <laughs> yeah, man. He just showed his athletic ability. I mean, you're going to yeah. discredit him for his athletic ability? He said, I was reaching for the goal line. If you guys want to watch it back, you hear him say, how yep. is that not a catch? I'm reaching for the goal line. Exactly. Exactly. And today it would be ruled a touchdown. There's no doubt. Yeah. And you know what? Dallas was the better team that year. I don't know if they would have won the Super Bowl either, but they proved to me on the field that they were the better team that day. As Mike says, that Des Bryant's still crying over that one. Yeah, that kind of ended his career. (laughs) That that was the biggest moment. That's what he's going to be known for, even though he's the all-time leading TD catcher in Dallas Cowboys history. When you bring up Des Bryant, 
was it a catch? That's going to be his, that's his legacy uh, because of that. And it's something for me like Tony Romo. How different do we look at Tony Romo's career if they go on to win Super Bowl that year? He uh, wins Super Bowl with Dallas Cowboys. Oh, it's <laughs> like he went, on to, he went on to do great things anyway. Like he's the highest paid commentator and all that stuff. But it would be even more. Like, like his, his, what he could do commercially would be even bigger if he won the Super Bowl for the Dallas Cowboys. And he's probably a Hall of Famer. If they won a Super Bowl that year with his resume, stats wise, he's probably thought of as a Hall of Famer. But now he's thought of as somebody who was really good. So I, I am, that's, that's a huge what if right there. I am so with you. If Tony Romo won one Super Bowl, I don't get Cowboys, whatever, it didn't matter who, he would be in the Hall of Fame. Because to me, watching him on the field, I'm like, that's one hell of a good freaking quarterback. Yeah. The greatest I've ever seen. No, but right. I mean, Nikki, he was legit and he came out of nowhere. He really did. Yeah. Walk on. I mean, yeah, no, again, Drew, I, Bledsoe. I, Drew Bledsoe again, he lost <laughs> Romo replaced Bledsoe on the Cowboys. Oh, poor Drew. <laughs> no, you got to give Tony Romo his, his credit. I mean, he did botch a few things, uh, but overall, yeah. like, no, he was a really good quarterback. And I, I think, you know, it's crazy. Like you guys say like, just one Super Bowl. I say it like it's so easy to do, but I mean, you are, you know, Cowboys are what anointed champions every August before yeah. the season starts. So, uh, but just one, just one win completely changed the narrative for him. And I think he's looked at completely differently. Yeah, totally agree. Sure. Yeah, the universe didn't... didn't want all that obnoxiousness <laughs> at capacity. So that's why they didn't win. I respect you for how well your list was and the fact that you didn't include the David Tyree catch in it. I respect that so much. I have no idea. I told, I love your list. I love this idea. I look at Mike Patton saying to playing against Romo in college name still gives him shivers. <laughs> I, I bet. <laughs> I bet. I bet. If he was good at that level, you know what he played Illinois, right? Or something like that. Eastern. Yeah. Eastern Illinois. Eastern yeah. Illinois. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, very well Jimmy, done. Jimmy G went to the same school, right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he did. That's right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> oh, man, that's not that's a great one. That's I like, think really changes the perception of so many people. If that no cat is able to catch for sure. And if they go on to win Super Bowl. So, yeah, that's that's a good one. What's your number one, Jay? <sighs> I'm, if you guys haven't guessed it, here it is. And it even came up last time on the Beerly podcast. What if, what if in 2005, 49ers had the first draft pick? Oh, yeah. It took Aaron Rodgers and not Alex Smith. Oh, my freaking (laughs) Lord. What if? Are you kidding me? This franchise would have nine Super Bowls by now. I mean, it's insane. (laughs) We only had five. We would have beat out Pittsburgh Cowboys. If Aaron Rodgers was quarterback of the four, look, Alex Smith. Took them to a few NFC championships, and that's yeah. Alex Smith. If Aaron Rodgers was our quarterback, and look, he would have started a lot quicker too. And take for yeah. did he learn something behind Brett Favre? Yeah, had to be an asshole, maybe. <laughs> Holy shit, that would have been freaking great. I, Aaron Rodgers, number one pick, 2005 49ers. Everything changes from there. Everything. That is my biggest what if in the world. How many more Super Bowls would we have now? At least eight. Oh. Damn. No, nah, that's a that's a good one. 
And like you mentioned, those teams with Alex Smith during that time were really good. You know, yes, we talked yes. about the, the game where Alex Smith had probably his best game of his career against the Saints in the playoffs. If that was Aaron Rodgers, you guys might have beat the Giants the following week <laughs> after that. Yeah. Uh, yep. She had the so, third and three, goes third and three round and round. Yeah. Like that. 2011, so, yeah. that was a serious year. Yep. Nikki came into our building and freaking Eli Manning, again, pulled it out of his, you know what? Unbelievable. <laughs> Rough a lot, on of, a lot of special teams mistakes in that one. Oh uh, God! Eli Manning should have been hospitalized after that game. I don't know I how know. he was. Alive. Well, that's why they call him Iron Man. I mean, I thought it was going to be. Uh, listen, he impressive. took a beating, so it's impressive. You, you say what you want, but that. No, like, he, he that earned my respect that, that day. Ridiculous. He yes. totally earned my respect that day. There's no question. No, we might tease Eli for the faces he makes and thinks that he's yeah. not like the greatest quarterback. But one thing you can never question is his toughness for sure. Yeah. Hell like yeah. He is one of the toughest quarterbacks ever. Him, Favre, like those guys, the stuff yep. they went through to, to keep playing, even Peyton Manning, like some of the things they went through to keep playing on the field is absolutely crazy. But Aaron Rodgers on the 49ers, man. Oh, oh my gosh. I wonder if you mentioned Brett Favre, right? You, you say he learned how to be an asshole. But I yeah. wonder if that does help, though. Like the fact that he I sat behind it. Favre for three years, if he comes in right away, for the 49ers, is he a totally different quarterback? Does that first year where he kind of takes a beating, does that change who he is? Is he still the same guy? He's an all-time great. So usually with all-time greats, so it doesn't matter the situation. Normally, it's still going to be great. So I do think he would have been great. And I think for sure you guys probably have, I would say, two Super Bowls at least. Oh, yeah. He would have made Michael Crabtree an all-star. There's no question yeah. about it. Oh, he would have made God, yeah. No doubt. So, Aaron, yeah, Aaron Rodgers again. Go, before we go to your number one, Dean. Yeah, he he's the plug in ultimate plug and play quarterback, like Patrick Mahomes. They can play in any system you give them. Just give them the ball, and they'll take care of things. Yeah, for sure. And uh, even on a deeper level, if Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback, we never see Colin Kaepernick. That's enough. I thought about that as I was talking. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yep, I was yeah. thinking about that because, like, of course, he wouldn't bench. You wouldn't bench Aaron Rodgers. So that's a, a whole, you know, a deeper right. thing. Like, wow. what happens? Do we ever see the stance and all these things that could have happened oh if Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback? Yep. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> I didn't think of that. Yeah, we don't see Colin Kaepernick. We yep. don't see people standing up, you know, for their beliefs, and we don't see him just like, you know, making it his mission for for social change and and social yeah. justice. And you know, I mean, you don't even—that's yeah. crazy. Just one. Little, all just yes. one, <laughs> one decision by like one, one or two people by changes the course of history. The whole yeah. world is in different. Football. It's incredible. Yeah. Well, but in the world, because remember, he lo- didn't Nike drop him. I mean, like he yeah. all these companies, and then you know and the fact that he never got another chance that blows my mind. Not to like yeah. we're already off track. Not to go <laughs> the Colin Kaepernick route, but like, yeah. what if he got another chance? Yeah, I love all these what ifs are coming. Totally, I'm with. Look, I his last year with the Niners, he was not playing that well. But look, the guy was good enough to a Super Bowl. Yeah, the Niners plus that year, the Niners didn't really have much around him. That that's true. Yes, it's true. Yeah, it is. He was trying to do too much by himself, and that's you know he fit in perfectly with what. Yeah, he he was great. I mean, he was running for fifty yard touchdowns. It was it was unbelievable. It was just Kaepernick mania. It was amazing. Yeah. That what if honestly might be the biggest one on our list when you think about right? how it changed the course of history. It really yeah, did. 
Yeah, about- that's a really big one right there. That's a good one right there. I'm nominating this the greatest Mount player player of all time. <laughs> All right. Without yeah, a doubt. We definitely we've had some good ones. This is a really good one for sure. Just all the levels of what could have happened and what changed things. Yeah. Uh so we'll see. Uh for oh speaking of Mike's comment, he said he might get another chance. It'll be crazy if he gets another chance now after what five years being out the league. Yeah. What is he yeah, like 32 now or something like that? Yeah, he's still young enough to play quarterback, but it's like, man, it'll be so hard to come in and play. Like if he got like a backup opportunity, I would like that because then he'll come in, get to practice with NFL team yeah. and get the yeah. speed back. But if you ask him to come back and be a starter for, I don't know, who still needs a quarterback, Seattle. Yeah. Like, what do they like, got to lose? Yeah. And you're like, you're like, put him in right away. I don't see it going well after five years of not playing. That's tough. He still obviously can throw. We see the videos of him working out. He's still very mm-hmm. athletic, but it'll be super tough to ask him to do that. So, I want him to get opportunity, but I want him to be set to succeed and not set to fail. Because if he fails, all the people who are against him, who you know hated the stance and all that stuff, they're just gonna come out. We see he sucked the whole time, and it's <laughs> it's, gonna, right. it's gonna be rough. Yeah. So yeah. I want to give him a, a real opportunity to succeed for sure. I like that. Totally Man, it's hard to follow that that what if right there. That was a really good. Uh, one. I'm just like damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it like changes everything. Domino effect of what ifs. It's amazing. Yeah, for sure. So for my number one, what if uh, this one? is a little different because this guy i feel like he i mentioned him in my last article called the lost mvps right derrick rose derrick rose came in the league and just took off like a rocket right made the yep. all-star team his second third and fourth year and then that fourth year got hurt and was never the same if he never tears his acl and never has those knee issues are we looking at a guy who, you know, brings the Bulls to a championship? Are we looking at a guy who stops LeBron from getting MVPs those next two years? Is he some? If he's healthy, are we looking at LeBron differently because he's able to bring the Bulls past the Heat, and the Heat don't have their success because he's there? Hmm. It's so much that could have happened differently if Derrick Rose was healthy, and the trajectory he was on, the youngest MVP of all time. Now he might not make the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And the in the fact that he was on a trajectory to be an all-time great and might not even make the basketball hall of fame, which says something because the basketball hall of fame is probably the easiest one to get into. So the fact that he might not make the basketball hall of fame after that start is crazy to me. So that's my biggest what if. If well, what if Derrick Rose never got hurt? How would that change NBA history? Hmm. I like that a lot. And uh, we're helping Mike bring him back to his youth over here with the Niners <laughs> and Bulls. No, it's great. This this what ifs is amazing. And I remember Derek Rose, like you said, he came in the league and bam, right away, you know, won an MVP before you even know it. Rookie, just unbelievable. And not a big guy at all, you know. I mean, in size and stature and everything, but he was so dominant. He can get to the lane. He could do everything. He didn't have to dunk the ball on you. You know, he was just – he was an excellent player. So I'm with you. Like, how great would he have been? Would he have taken the Bulls? I have – again, what if? We don't know. But we do know that he would have he would have been in that celebration with the 75 greatest players. That much yeah. I can tell you if he stayed healthy. Yeah, for sure. Because youngest MVP, he would have had a good four or five more all-star appearances. So if you have him as an eight-time all-star MVP and maybe a championship, maybe. We won't know. But let's say he gets a championship in there. He's top 75 for sure because he was on oh, that yeah. track where he would have been one of the greatest of all time. Like I said, to go where he would have been on top 75 – to now is a question if he's a Hall of Famer. 
is such a big dip. And you know, like I said, injury, man. And for him, he was it's the opposite of RG3 because he was extra cautious. He was the first one to say, I'm not playing. I'm not right. ready yet. Like, I'm going to take my time. And it still didn't work out. And maybe it just was his faith where his legs couldn't handle his, like, sometimes you're too athletic for your own body. I think yes. that's what happened with Bo Jackson. Yes. Like, Bo Jackson was too athletic for his own body. And because he was so explosive when somebody tried to tackle him, he ended up, you know, dislocating his hip because he was so explosive. That could have been the same thing with Derrick Rose. He was so explosive that maybe his knees just would have gave out anyway. We don't know, but it's just such a big what if, man. Yeah, it, that, that's a huge one. If it, it really is, he 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 was that great, Nikki. I know that you got to see him play. There's no question about it. Now, you know, of course, being with the New York Knicks, whole different story. But what he did for us, even last year, was amazing as a guy coming off the bench. I mean, yeah, it's just great. And it's a, it's crazy to think he was drafted back in what 2010. I mean, this is yeah. so long ago. It's sick, right? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. really? I, like it was that long. I don't want it to. Have been I know. That long. That's what I'm saying. What's happening over here? Yeah, Mike, uh, uh, D did mention that uh, that was, what, your third one with uh, the Saints oh, and the Rams game. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. And what if LeBron yes. had never left Cleveland? Um, I don't think he would have became the player that he was, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think that Miami yeah. turned him into a not just a champion, but a leader, a true leader. I think that yeah, he always important. says that Miami was his college years where he, he yeah, went yeah. to how to be a professional. Yeah. So I think that really did change. Plus, it made Cleveland realize, like, oh, we have to do these things to make LeBron a winner. So when he came back, they were able to and ready for him to be a winner and make those four straight finals appearances against the Warriors. I don't think that happens if he never leaves. And yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. 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 I, I think he <laughs> out and yeah, LeBron, he needed to move on and, and get away from home in order to, in order to yeah. also become that and grow up. And so, you know, be on your own, so to speak and everything, yeah. but yeah, excellent stuff. Oh man, this is great. A lot of fun. Yeah, he yeah. like keep going. You'd be like, "What if Bill Belichick <laughs> never left Cleveland?" Like, and then yeah, like, so what man. happens with that? You just you have a whole show yeah. on it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Good. For sure. But yeah, this is that's why I definitely nominate this the top Mount player player of all time. It was a great idea. What I don't know where you got that idea from, but wherever it came <laughs> from, I'm glad it came to you because that was fun. Probably because I was thinking, "What if Villanova won and I won?" <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And, and look what came out. You spun it in the wash machine and in the dryer, boom, this beautiful suit all of a sudden. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But now, oh, yeah. Yeah, gradually, Brian Dudek, right? Good yeah, job, Nicholas. Oh, yeah. man. I, I saw, like, I looked up the results. I had, like, 30% correct. That was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's me, man. Oh, I was off. So, so bad. That's uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna let my girl fill it out next year. I mean, you know, I'm gonna yeah. let my mom fill it out next yeah, year. Like, just go, yeah. you know, we'll all have our moms or you know somebody like maybe grandma fills it out. Let's yep. just see. Let's just have yeah, that try because that. I actually try and I'm like thinking and uh, I got. I know. Think. Don't think. Huh. Don't think. Yeah, Saint Peter's. You know, like who the hell would have thought that? But th that was yeah. pretty cool for a while. Unbelievable. Oh, that was real cool. Yeah, I love every year. There's at least one of those stories in Saint yeah, Peter's. Yeah, great to see like a small school like that do that because they they said the school had like three thousand students. Like yeah, it's really it's small. Really for college. I know, it's yeah. crazy. Right, yeah. and half of them play on the team. It's that's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> like my high school, my high school had more than three thousand students. So right, <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, oh man, that is crazy. Well, crazy, and also could get real tricky when an eight and it plays one, but the one one, and Nikki's always winning with this one. I say what? I think it's very fight. Come on. Back, that's right. On top. It's tricky. It's tricky. Here we go. It's tricky.
Yes, we know what that means. The introduction music for the First Lady of Podcasting over here. We are ready to go. Nikki, it is your show. Take it away. Yes, it is. But before we get to that, I want to give you guys the Reebok deal of the week. Uh, You have till April 10th on this one. Ladies, this one is for you. The women's walking shoe is $29.99 until April 10th. So I'm going to go on over to thirdandthreepodcast.com. Like D said, scroll down a little bit past Jay's like mock revision 10.2, right? <laughs> Everything, all our exclusive deals. Reebok is the first one there. If you don't get over to our website, though, um, no, I didn't write the code down. So I'm making you go over to the website so you can uh- uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, women's shoes, they look no, they actually look really good. So $29.99. Can't beat it. Spring is coming. Get out there, get the fresh air. It's gonna feel good. It's getting warm here, you know. We're in the 50s, so we're getting there. All right, in the 50s. Try hanging out in 86 humidity for a I will be in Florida at the end of the month, so I cannot <laughs> wait. All right, all right. Well, I shall be your chauffeur. Just call in, I shall be there. Okay. <laughs> right. I feel we'll be in the Orlando area, so I will not be there. So we'll I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you Disney World? Was, yeah, I should. I, need I am. Cr- well, uh, yes. My parents go every year. They have uh, get like the villa or whatever they got down there. Yeah, I don't know. Cool. Uh, but they have extra room, so I'm crashing their vacation. Hell yeah! Oh, mom's Y'all can't wait to have room for the kids. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you all want to, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, oh, I'm cool. gonna crash their vacation, but they go for a few weeks, and I'm going at the tail end. Very oh, fun. All right, excellent. Well, we know that mom's is looking forward to it. She's making it public, so there you go. All right, well that'll be fun, and this will be fun. I told you she's sending you over to Third and Three Podcast. She's tricky Nikki Gis for a reason, ladies and gentlemen. And here she is presenting knowledge with Nikki. All right, guys. So we just had the Grammys on Sunday night. It was not as entertaining as the Oscars. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so what I thought we would do is do some Grammy trivia, but it's a little, not a little trick to it. It's to you guys' benefit. All right. So I'm okay. going to give you who won the Grammy for, I'm going to tell you the nominees and you give me the winner. Jay, you have the nineties D you have the two thousands. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. All right. So it's kind of like multiple choice. Yeah. Okay. I, so think I think I go first this week, right? Yeah, I go first this week. And there's no there's no tricks in that these are the actual nominees. So I didn't like throw So the so what we're trying to answer is what category was it for? Is that I'm gonna saying? give you the category. I, I'm gonna give you the category, the year, the nominees. You just tell me the winner. Got you. Okay, okay. Okay, Jay, ready? All right. Okay. So who won the Grammy for best? rap album in 1996 tupac bone thugs and harmony naughty by nature skilo or old dirty bastard it's between two for me right now but i'm gonna go with bone thugs and harmony no damn Damn. uh i feel like the grammys would pick skilo no, naughty oh. by nature. Naughty by nature. Oh, paradise. Oh my I god! How did you know that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> she 
She had to have Googled that one. No, I mean, no, she doesn't. Like, she just, she's so good at trivia. <laughs> I love it. We got to get her on real Jeopardy for real. Come on. Yeah, I yeah, know, right? Before. If we ever do Family Feud, your mom's coming. It, yes. Yeah, oh, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. She'd be That's the first like one. when you want. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number two, Jay. Ready? Yes. Okay. Who won the Grammy for Artist of the Year in 19... 19- 99. Shania Twain, Lauren Hill, Garbage, Madonna, or Sheryl Crow? Madonna. No. Okay. Uh, can, I, can I have nominees one more time? Sure. Shania Twain, Lauren Hill, Garbage, Madonna, or Sheryl Crow? I'm going to go Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill. Ah, nice. Lauren Hill. All right. Right. I remember the picture of her like holding all these Grammys. I'm like, they had to be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> it had to be one of them that year. Yeah. All right. Good job. Here we go. Number three. Who won the Grammy for Song of the Year in 1997? Was it Tracy Chapman for Give Me One Reason? Celine Dion, Because You Love Me? Eric Clapton, Change the World? Leanne Rhymes, Blue, or Whitney Houston, Exhale, Shoop Shoop? I'm going to go with Leanne Rhymes. No. I suck at this. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with Whitney Houston. Eric Clapton. Oh, shoot. I always got to go with my first instinct. Always go with yes, your first Jay, instinct. Always with, the, always with your instinct. I know. You're right. Okay. Don't Next second time. guess yourself. No. No. One guess. That's it. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Number four. Okay. Who won the Grammy for Best New Artist in 1995? Ace of Bass, Cheryl Crow, Crash Test Dummies, Counting Crows, or Green Day? Wow, Green Day's been around that long? Yes. (laughs) I know you were like just born, right? (laughs) So those are the actual nominees. Yes. You want them again? I'm going to go with Cheryl Crow. Cheryl Crow. Oh, one more. Okay. All right. right, I'm in the game. I'm in the game. We're tied up. (laughs) Hey, all knotted up here. I was with you, Mob. Green Day was the other one. I was thinking about, like, oh, it seems too easy. So go with Cheryl Crow. All right. All right, D. Here we go. Ready? Did I have three or four? I did all my four. You did all your four. Oh, wow. That was fast. Okay. One, one. Here we go. All right. Here we go. Who won the Grammy for Best Rap Album in 2006? 50 Cent, Missy Elliott, Common, Kanye, or Eminem? 2006. 2006. Best Rap Album. I'm going to go Kanye. Kanye. Late Kanye it is. All right. Two to one. All right. Come on, Jay. All right. Number two. D's going to get them all right. <laughs> he probably will. <laughs> um, who won the Grammy for Artist of the Year in 2003? Bruce Springsteen, Dixie Chicks, Eminem, Nora Jones, or Nelly? 2003. The fact that Bruce Springsteen was nominated is nuts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
he was really hot <laughs> back then. So I'm gonna go Nelly. No. Okay. Nelly. But the choices one more time, please. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, Bruce Springsteen, Dixie Chicks, Eminem, Nora Jones, or Nelly? Nora Jones. Nora Jones. Wow. Oh my gosh. You got, right. we got a game here. <laughs> you guys are familiar with Nora Jones. Like, what's her what's her claim to fame? What's her song? Uh, oh my god, what is that song? I'm, I'm worse with that. I'm glad it's not names of songs, otherwise I'd yeah, no, I didn't <laughs> What I think she's not she's not one hit wonder. I think she had a couple, but her big song, I, I forget the name of it. Uh, um all right, number three. Who won the Grammy for Song of the Year in 2005? John Mayer for Daughters, Kanye West for Jesus Walks, Alicia Keys, If I Ain't Got You, Tim McGraw, Live Like You Were Dying, or Hoobastank, The Reason? Love me some Hoobastank. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with... Jesus walks one that year. I feel like this is the first time we saw Kanye go crazy. So I'm saying he didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> and can I have nominees one more time? I'm sorry. Yeah, John Mayer for Daughters, Kanye West for Jesus Walks, Alicia Keys if I ain't got you, Tim McGraw live like you were dying, or Hoobastank the reason. I'm gonna go with Tim McGraw. No. I was going to go with John Mayer. John Mayer. Daughters oh. here. Wow. Today. Yeah, memory's working a little bit today. Wow. wow. Uh oh. D, the pressure's on you, bro. It is. All comes down to this. Okay. Who won the Grammy for Best New Artist in 2004? Fountains of Wayne, Evanescence, Sean Paul. 50 Cent, or Heather Headley? Oh, shout out to Heather Headley. I haven't heard that name in a while. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Evanescence. Evanescence. Oh, oh damn. my God, I don't have a tiebreaker. I was going to say that, too. I'm like, if he doesn't say it, I got him. Oh, oh my job, gosh. Nice. I hate ties, but good job, guys. Killed it's it on the Grammy trivia. We're the Steelers, baby. We, we tie, we go to the playoffs. We move on. <laughs> Nikki, excellent job with the questions right there. I love it. Love it. Yeah, I thought that would be fun. That, that was, was fun. fun. Absolutely. And it's even fun not to lose. And you know what? Neither one of us won. So, uh, you know what? We're both winners. Screw it. We did well in uh, knowledge with Nikki. in my eyes. Right? Six out of eight questions, not bad. Ah, that might be a record for you guys. I think so. It might be. Yeah, it might be a record for sure. All right. All right. Very good. All right. And this has been like Nikki's show. I mean, she's got the what if, she's got the knowledge. I mean, everything is going on right now. The interest. And she got Reebok too. Yeah, right. she's not going to show you her shoes right now, but trust me, she's wearing them. Anyway. Well, that's because they're Nike. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> You know, these great like workout tops, you know, uh, Reebok.com. Yes, that's right. Bring it on. All right. That was good. Nick Mobs going in. All right. So we are going to close it out. We've been doing our, um, you know, getting prepared for the draft over here and going through each division. We completed the AFC last week with the AFC West, the most interesting division in my eyes in the AFC, at least. But Nikki, 
again, her segue, NFC East. What ifs? <laughs> We're doing NFC East needs today. That is what we are starting off with. Nikki, we're going to save the best for last, which will be your Giants. Let's start with the team that we all absolutely hate, the Dallas Cowboys. Let's begin with them. What do the Dallas Cowboys need this year? Um, For one thing, D, I think they're going to take a step back. All right? I don't know how great they are going to be, but I think if they want to start to be great again, you know where I'm going. It goes up front. Get the best offensive lineman you possibly can unless there is some unbelievable player that they have ranked really high on the board defensive end because they lost Randy Gregory. I'm fine with that. But when the Cowboys have the best offensive line in the league or a top three, they're usually one of the best teams in the league. So I would go offensive line for them. D, what would you do? No, that's a really good pick. I would go O-line or D-line. Like you said, the loss of Randy Gregory, I think is really going to show if they don't replace him. So I'll go either O-line or D-in. Yeah, right now the guy I have, uh, I don't know if it's going to be him. I have Zion Johnson uh, written in as as a guard, you know, but then against, you know, Tyron Smith, I don't know, his health and everything. There's so much going into it, Nikki. Mm-hmm. So Dallas, despite their defense taking a step up and their offense taking some of it a step back, and now they lose Amari Cooper and Cedric Wilson, maybe they're going to The loss of Wilson is really underrated. It is underrated. He, he was a solid player. I totally agree. Totally solid players. So they lost some offense, and now it's Michael Gallup and C.D. Lamb, and I like C.D. Lamb a lot. They're going to rely on Dalton Schultz. Do they add offensively weapons, or would you go more interior, Nikki? What would you do? Um, well, they probably will go for a wide receiver because that's, like, what they do. Uh, see, I don't right. think they really need to. Like, I think a so- that's a solid plan, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup. Like, I could see them going wide receiver – for me, I think they need some playmakers at defensive tackle, and that's a little bit more of a pressing issue. Um, but it's the Cowboys. If, you know, I could just see them, you know, adding another wide receiver. They do that all the time. They could. They certainly could. And there's a lot of wide receivers in this draft. And we're probably going to hear some names that we never heard of before that are going in the 20s where the Cowboys do draft. They have, what, the, um, the 24th pick. So, you know, they're not going to get – the best of the best. But again, we don't really know that until they play in the field. So whoever they may draft, we'll find out. But yeah, we can all agree they could use an extra weapon, but the line, defensive line or offensive line, that'd probably be the way to go. I'd probably say the same thing about the Eagles now, like we talked about before. They got two draft picks and Nikki, you already had touched on it. So I mean, why don't you kick this one off and and you know, again, just kind of pick up where you left off. They have the 15th and the 18th pick right now, which is great, and they made a train with the Saints, with the Saints as we know. So they added on to next year. You want to give Jalen Hurts more weapons, or do you want to kind of beef up that defense a little more? What do you think Philly should do um, if you were an Eagles fan, which we know, God forbid, you are not, of course. But uh, if you are, what do you think? But if I ever come on here and I'm like rooting for the Eagles, send help. Like that is <laughs> something is drastically wrong. I've either got dementia or uh, like so- something is really, really, really wrong. So that's like my code to the to everybody and the listeners. If I start talking about how much I love the Eagles. Send help. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. I. Like I said, I could see them going wide receiver. They definitely do need to add uh, some playmakers there. But, guys, they also need a reliable linebacker. I feel like they haven't had that in, like, quite some time. Um, And rumor has it that they are going to, you know, address the wide receiver 
um, position through free agency, not necessarily the draft. So we'll see if that's the case. Then, yeah, I would go linebacker for, for the Eagles. All right. All right. Yeah, and again, they got two picks, but a linebacker would not be a bad idea. There's uh, talk about Devin Lloyd possibly going there. Um, Nicobe Dean is another good linebacker. And again, these are just names that I'm hearing. Um, not a not a lot of great linebackers um, in this draft. So if they can get one of the top ones, that'd be great. D, I told you before at uh, 15, I got them taking the defensive end, Jermaine Johnson. And at 18, I got them taking a wide receiver, George Pickens. So we did touch on it before, but if you can expound on what your uh, what your thoughts were. No, I like where you're going with that. Um, defensive line, I can see them taking a the wide receiver as well, especially since they have two picks there. Yeah, uh, I can see them doing that because uh, Devonta Smith definitely showed something last year, but I think he needs help as well. Agreed. And you want to put Jalen Hurts in a good situation. So I can see wide receiver or, Nikki like said, linebacker or defensive end. Like they, yeah. had, they can go two or three of those routes in the first round. No doubt. Yeah, you see, that's a great thing with, with they have these options. And we forget Dallas Goddard is – you know, he's like a, like a Mike. He reminds me of Mike Isecki a lot. They do a lot of the same sort of things, you know, like a wide receiver slash tight end. A, yeah, they, they, they got stuff going on over there. They really do. So the Eagles could be in really good shape, um, but they're definitely going to have to beef up their defense more. So, yeah, we'll see if they can get a really solid pass rusher. I think that would help out a lot. I think that would help out a lot. But um, all right, let's go to the next team. And that would be for the first time ever introducing your Washington Commanders. And your starting <laughs> quarterback is Carson Wentz. Everybody come on down to the field and what? Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. even goes to a game. I mean, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. God help him, please. The freaking Washington Commanders. Okay, so you're going with the Commanders, Washington, D.C., whatever. Nonsense. So they have the 11th pick in the draft. I think this guy falls to him, and I think it's – they have a lot of needs, but I think this would be a really solid need. And if this guy was even a little bit faster, he might be the number one overall pick in the draft. And that's, from what I heard, Kyle Hamilton, safety. I think that would be a solid pick for them at number 11. I know it's – you know, I'm always talking interior, you know, defensive line, offensive line. But when this is safety, this good on the board, and – it can almost be like, you know, your Mike linebacker in a way. He can call your defense. I think that Kyle Hamilton has the ability to be that. So if he's there, I would like Washington to, to uh, take a safety, Damian. Mm. Okay. I can see that for sure. Uh, that secondary definitely needs some help. Yeah. Uh, the defensive line is supposed to be elite. They've right. spent so many picks on that defensive line, so they should be good there. Um, I'll, if they went O-line, I wouldn't mind it. it was, you know, O-line wasn't the best last year. Uh, and Carson Wentz, you definitely want to protect him with, you know, with the history of injuries that he has. So you want to make sure that he's protected. Also, you just want to make sure he has time where he doesn't panic in the pocket. So you want to make yeah. sure the O-line is secure for him. Uh, I could also see them going wide receiver, right? Because you have Terry McLaurin, who's a great number one. But outside of that, who do you really trust in their wide receiver room? Yeah, they got Curtis so, Samuel. You know, there's not too much. I'm with you. Yeah, so I can see them either going wide receiver or secondary with that pick. So I'm not mad at that safety pick at all. All right. All right. Yeah. That's a, a really look, a great safety can change a lot of things for a team. You think about the Ed Reeds and yeah, you had Ray Lewis in there, so that will help a lot. But um, yeah, there's some safeties out there who changed the game, like a Tyron Matthew who may go to your saints. We'll see what up Courtney, our man over there. Yeah. Man, we love Courtney, love Courtney. He is family for sure. Know that about it. So yeah, sticking with Washington, um, Nikki, do you, what do you think? Defense, second, like I said, they're pretty good in the defensive line, but do you want to protect Carson Wentz? Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I could see them going cornerback again, like adding some more depth 
to that defense. I mean, you want to talk about like the biggest disappointment of the year was that defense. You weren't supposed to be that bad. Like what the hell happened? So, you know, I'm with you guys on the defense. I also think um, if they like a quarterback, I think that they should go get him because. Okay. um, You know, what is, I, I would love to hear a Washington fan actually chime in because like, wonder what their thoughts are on Carson Wentz, right? I mean, he's only going to take you so far. We have seen that he's going to malfunction at the worst time possible. He is not the quarterback of the future for the commanders. I don't think you can bet on him long-term because he is going to get hurt. He has proven that every single year he's going to get hurt, whether he's out for six weeks, five weeks, the whole season. So I think that they need to address their quarterback situation. I think that's really interesting. I wouldn't even be like terribly mad if they did that. I mean, I, to, in the football universe, it would be insane for them to get Carson Wentz and then draft a quarterback at number 11. It'd be ridiculous yeah, it if they be. did it. But I can actually even understand it because Carson Wentz in three years, three teams, um, the carousel could keep going around, Damian. Yeah. No, that's I can see that for sure. And it's a thing does Ron Rivera and that front office believe in Carson Wentz? Again, I thought they did it as like a people-pleasing move. Like, see, mm. you got a quarterback now. You got a guy who we saw play good against us when he was with the Eagles, even right. though that was five years ago. We saw him play, we saw him play well <laughs> against us. And so maybe this guy can, you know, satisfy the fan base if they don't like our names. And plus, he's Commander Carson. You see? Commander. Oh, <laughs> there Commander it is. Carson. Commander Carson. Yes, for now. Yeah, so I agree with Nikki. I don't think he's the future. If you see a guy there, if uh, the guy from Liberty, I keep forgetting his name. Uh, if he's there, yeah, if he's there at 11, I can see it. Yeah. But It'd it's going to be tough, man. It's, it's going to be very interesting to see if the quarterbacks last that long because the, the two that everybody's talking about with this being a quote-unquote weak quarterback draft, but all mm-hmm. of a sudden you got quarterbacks going in the top 10 in mock drafts. It's gonna, it's gonna, every year it happens. Every year. So we're going to see, but that's a very interesting thought, Nikki. Yeah, what is, I look. What okay. is it one year? It, it, um, I think it was just one year. I think it was one year. Is one year, right? Yeah, yeah I, I mean, that up, but it's one year. I, I don't know. Like, I could see that turning. I'm. Let me just, I'm not saying that Ben Roethlisberger and Carson Wentz are even in the same conversation. I'm saying I can see a situation like that, that the commanders could easily fall into if they don't address the quarterback situation soon, right? You're going to have an aging quarterback who's kind of the game, you know, he can injury prone. You don't know what you're really going to, you know, can, how long can you rely on him? So I I wonder what, yeah, I wonder what they do and what next year looks like for them. Cause I don't think Carson Wentz is it. No, Carson Wentz definitely is not it. <laughs> As, you know, we talk about bridge quarterbacks all the time. I think that he will be one of them. And Courtney can tell us all about uh, Carson Wentz over yes, there. Yes, so, he can. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah we're, we're all on the same page. Will they do it? No, they won't draft a quarterback at number 11. Maybe they'll draft one later if they like somebody. Maybe even the second round, like a Sam Howell or something like that. Again, I don't know if this guy's too well, but uh, that's not out of the realm of possibility at all. Because, again, dude get hurts. He gets hurt a lot. <laughs> so. Yeah. Again, backup quarterback. You want to have a good one, and then somebody for the future. And Carson Wentz, we all can agree, is not the future. What is the future for the New York Giants? Nikki's New York Giants. We're going to save you for last because I know that you have the most and insightful things to say on this. So, Damian, um, I spoke about it quick. We've gone over it a little bit. I think that, look, the Giants have plenty of needs. And, again, I'm not knocking them, but they have a lot of needs. And that's why they're drafting five 
and seven, which is beautiful to start to get your team moving. They're going to find out about Daniel Jones this year. They're not drafting a quarterback. No freaking way in the first round. I got them taking an offensive lineman. Um, could be Charles Cross. It could be um, that kid, uh, uh, Ikem Ikwanu. I'm hearing a lot of great things about him. Evan Neal. So they can get a really good offensive lineman, which I know they try to all the time, but maybe they'll hit a home run this time. And then I think they go on the other side of the line, defense with this kid Trayvon Walker. I think he's from Georgia. So I think you get a good run-stuffing defensive tackle, and you get an offensive lineman, and that's what the Giants need to do. Yeah, they need weapons also, but if you can get these big-time players that that play on you know opposite sides of the line at five and seven, and they're like you know this close to a guarantee, I think you do it. But I would understand if you went in a different direction because they do have other needs. So what do you think, Ding? Yeah, I definitely can see O line and D line. Um, you probably would know better than me. Is there like a difference making tight end in this year's draft? I know there's no Kyle Pitts. No, there, there's no. There's so, nobody. From what I've heard, there's nobody anywhere near that realm at all. Okay, like, no so, first rounder. Gotcha. So they could go tight end later in the draft if they like somebody. That would be an area of need for sure. Yeah. Uh, but O line, D line, like you always say, the game is one there. So. Mm-hmm. And they haven't won, so they should start there to try <laughs> to try to win some games. Well so I would go O line and D line for sure. Yeah, that's really really well said. Um, again, I the, the players, I'm just putting players' names, but it's more about the position. Like I'm saying, you know, I don't watch college football that much. I admit it, and I have no problem admitting it. So I just go by what the experts say, and you know, try to pick and choose. But those are the positions that I would go with, Nikki. I would go offensive line and defensive line. Try to get the best. Um, that you can out of both, whoever they have highest ranked on their board. But you know better than me. Are they talking wide receiver? Are they talking cornerback, you know, linebacker? What's the story? Yeah, no, actually, apparently they are very high on Evan Neal, right, which makes, you know, complete sense. And yeah. John Mara, Kate, listen, I don't want anything but the O-line. You know, everybody knows that. <laughs> everybody knows that's all I want. It's all I keep saying. I mean, it's a, we feel like a broken record, this fan base. I know. Um, and John Mara, I don't know, I want to say it was like a month, maybe three, four weeks ago, he did come out and certainly like admitted they've ignored the offensive line. And he admitted that he had to get Daniel Jones some help. Now, okay, they're saying that they will exercise his fifth year option. So, you know, you're, want to see what you got in Daniel Jones and give the kid a fair chance. Like this O-line is horrendous. So looks like they intend to fix that now that they've admitted that they've ignored it for far too long. So, And we talk about that with every team. Like a quarterback can be very good to excellent to great, you know, whatever category you want to put him in. But like we were talking about earlier with, you know, RG3 and Tom Brady going to the – a lot of it depends on what team you go to to start out your career with especially. There's no doubt in Daniel Jones is – been put in crappy situations. Look, he was supposed to have one of the best running backs in the league, one that we've one of the best we've seen in like 20 years, and all he does is get hurt, Saquon Barkley. So that destroys Daniel Jones. Kenny Galladay being out, not catching a touchdown. I mean, they're trying, but it's just not working. So they have to make better decisions in free agency. They have to draft better, of course. And it's unfortunate, Nick, because it is a crapshoot. You really just don't know. You can watch all the game film that you want, but it's college on college. Now you bring them to the pros to play against other pros. So, you know, Nikki, it's a whole different story now. Yeah. No, I I know. I just uh, – I hope they do the right thing. No more Dave Gettleman. Like, just right. 
You know, was, all the long-suffering fans out there, you know, when it comes to draft time, you just hope your team, you know, gets something right, and especially if it's an area they've ignored for so long. Let me ask you this question. What does Daniel Jones have to do to keep his job? I mean, I, I don't – I really don't know. I, you know, for me at this point, win the Super Bowl. Like, I, like I, keep saying, I, think, I think we've seen what we needed to see. Yeah, be fair. If you're going to address the O-line this year, then good. I'd like to see what he can do. But, I, I mean, I don't know. Again, injury prone. He's always injured as well. Yeah. Like, I, we yeah. haven't had him for a full season either. So, I That's mean – good point. Yeah. You know, I don't really know. But you know what? I'm not going to be mad if we see some Tyrod Taylor out there. So, Neither would I. I love Tyrod Taylor. I'm one of his biggest fans and supporters. There's no question. Yeah. D, I'm curious about your position on Daniel Jones. I mean, do you think that he's a better quarterback than what he is because of the team that he's on? Or is he a product of basically the team that he's on? And he belongs in that system right now because of what he is. Oh, man. I think that we could see a little better version of him. But – it's the same thing I said, Mary Oda earlier. Like you don't see those flashes that make you think, oh, this guy's just in the wrong situation if he had a better coach. So we'll see this year. They got, like Nikki said, plenty of times. They stole all of Buffalo's coaches. Yeah. <laughs> so they yeah. should have a perfect system for him. And he does have that prototype of Josh Allen. He's not Josh Allen, but he can be Josh Allen-like with his athletic ability, his arm. So if he can work in that system, Maybe we'll see the best of Daniel Jones, but I just don't think the best of Daniel Jones is better than an average quarterback. Okay. Well, then that says a lot right there. If he's not better than an average quarterback, then you're basically backup material. I mean, you have to be at least average to be a freaking starter in this league. And Daniel Jones has shown some signs like, oh, he could play well, but then, you know, like three plays later, you're like, what the hell's happening over here? What's going on? So I'm with you. I don't know. Maybe we could blame a lot of it on play calling personnel. There's a lot that goes into it, but sure. this is probably his last shot also um, as sure. far as, you know, being a starting quarterback for the New York Giants. Otherwise, would it freak you out, Nikki, if they picked the quarterback? Would it? No, I would be happy. You would be happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, listen, I'm not – I'm a Daniel Jones hater. Like I said, he does have to get a fair shot, but at some point, I think you've seen all you need to see, right? Aren't there just some guys like D said, you know, I think those flashes would have been there and they would have been a little more frequent, but also I don't trust him for a full season either. So Mm -hmm. to go from Iron Man, Eli Manning to, Oh shit. Mike Glennon has to come in. You gotta remember, Giants fans right. had Eli. We, who was the backup? No one knew, right? Like, yeah. I don't know who this guy is. That's right. But you know, we get Daniel Jones, he can't stay healthy. And then so we're like, oh my God, we have to use a backup. Yeah, and let's like, bring in Jake from. Yeah, that was good. That worked out yeah. well. Yeah, oh my God. Yeah, what was that? Like, I just Oh God! Poor, poor guys, Fromm. I'm telling was, you, wasn't he the guy like, brought in to do the quarterback sneaks from like uh, third and nine and stuff? Yeah, like that? It was, yeah. yeah like, oh, what are we doing? It was horrendous. I can't. I cannot go through another year of this. I absolutely I cannot do it. I can't. I will get a Rams jersey next year. I'm throwing myself out the window. Like, I just <laughs> can't do it. Handle it. None of it. So this might be it. If they can't get it together next year. I might halfway half. I'm going to cut my fandom card in half and give it to somebody else. (laughs) Look, you know what? We grow up, we root for the teams that we grew up for, but at some time we become adults and we realize, you know what? This organization sucks. I don't like this owner or whatever reason. You know what? 
I like the way this team does stuff. I'm going to root for them. I'm okay with that. I have no problem with that. No, we're it, fans it of the teams. Oh, God, yeah. I was going to say, D, we're fans of the fans where teams are because of who our parents make us fans of, basically, and our friends. Yeah. It's generational, and then sometimes right. you'll have people that will just choose the winners. Like, you'll have oh. people yeah. that will do that. Um, but for me, I ran into that with the Pelicans this past offseason. I was like, man, we just never get forward. Like, I even wrote an article on 33podcast.com, one step forward, two steps back. This is for, like, we always do that. Right. And as soon as you feel that way, now the Pelicans are starting to make some progress. We're in the play-in. We're playing a lot better the second half of the year. So maybe that's what's going to happen with the Giants. Maybe you finally get to that breaking point, and then, boom, they are one of those teams. There's always one or two per year that make that surprise jump. And maybe it's the Giants that make a surprise jump and make the playoffs next year. You never know. Oh, man, I'm waiting for you to give them the quantum leap. <laughs> I mean, that might be in like five years, but you know, I'm waiting for that day because I know it's down on the list, but that day will come. It'll come back. The, the Giants. Be like 80 and you'll be like, quantum leap right here. Right. Giants. For the most part, the Giants have always been a pretty solid organization. Let's see if they get back to it. We'll find out. It won't be this year, but we'll find out if Daniel Jones will be the quarterback in 2023 or if they're going to take one from that big-ass draft class that we're talking about. Bryce Young, who knows? We'll see. But it'd be unbelievable if they drafted like Malik Willis or, or Kenny Pickett at 5 or 7. That oh, would just I would love the chaos. I would love Oh, my God. That would, <laughs> yes. New York, they would there would be riots. It would be insane. <laughs> it would be nuts. Oh, my God. Oh, what a fun show. What ifs all over the place. We're going to do like what ifs for like the next 10 and a half months. That'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, we should cool. do. Yeah, what if of the week. New segment. Right? And, and I love how our what ifs turned into like three other what ifs along with it. It, it, was, it was just so well done. Love it. Great job out of everybody. Awesome. 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 Nikki, what's going on lately with you? Oh, what's going on? Come on, you guys know where to follow me at Nikki Nick nine three eight four. It's your reality TV heavy right now. Um, what do we have? Real House Husbands of New Jersey was last <laughs> night. We had below deck on Monday night. Um, and once we wrap here, guys, catch me on Twitter. Real Housewives Orange County tonight. Real Housewives of Dubai is going to premiere June first. I am so excited for that. So. Follow That'd me. be interesting. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm just <laughs> it is no, interesting I'm because, you know, think about Dubai and think about what the Real Housewives show and product is. So I actually it's am a, interested. To it's going to be some is. rich wives on Dubai for Ooh, sure. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. I've, I've been to been to Dubai. And Have you? Oh, you can. Yeah, oh, when oh. I was in the Navy. And it's crazy the amount of money that the rich. It, it's really a land of have and have nots for sure. Like it is. A, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a big drastic shift and you see it immediately. Like you'll be in a bus or something. You'll see it. Like you'll be like, oh, my God, this is so pretty. Then, oh, what are we at? Like it's, <laughs> it changes so fast. But that's going to be interesting to see just how rich those wives are for sure. Mm. Okay. OK, maybe you guys will actually get me to watch one of these uh, series one over time. here. Very just one. One episode. <laughs> All right. Okay. But I, I love how Nikki calls it the rich house, uh, the house husbands. Yeah. Uh, I was, New Jersey. <laughs> when she said that I was ordering, I was like, is there a new show? I'm like, I don't no, know. It's because they get like, they get their own dinners. They get like their own confessionals. They have boys night. Like they're like half the show. I, I mean, so I was joking about it last night. Bring in the boys. <laughs> Bring in the boys. Like I'm, he ain't a boy. He's a man. Damien. <laughs> 
He's our man. Yeah. Tell him where you're at. Tell him what's going on. And uh, yeah, even what you put out uh, earlier uh, today or last night, I think it was when you put it out. Great stuff, bro. Oh, appreciate you. Yes. So you can find me on all social media platforms at The Real Deal WDA. That's The Real Deal W as in whiskey, D as in Delta, A as in alpha on all social media platforms. If you follow me, you'll see my Real Deal Bet videos that I do pretty much daily, uh, Monday through Friday. I'll do some Saturday ones with some boxing action coming up for sure. So follow me and you'll get that betting advice. But doing pretty good. I'm hitting my own like 60% of my bets, which is doing pretty good. good. Like right there yeah. at Professionals. Right. I'm not yeah. betting the money to professionals are betting, but I'm, <laughs> but I'm right there with the 60 percent um, being correct there. Uh, my podcast is called The Real Deal with Damian Adams. Put the full thing like a pimp name slick back. Put The Real Deal with Damian Adams on your favorite podcast platform. You'll find me. I dropped one earlier this morning about the Lakers. So if you are a Lakers fan, you will enjoy it. Or if you're an NBA fan, you'll enjoy it. It's called Lake Show Past and Present. So I break down what happened to the Lakers this year. But I also talk about the last episode of Winning Time, the Rise of the Lakers Dynasty, episode five. So it's a breakdown of their past and their present. So that's why it's Lake Show past and present that I did earlier today. And of course, you can find my writing at 33podcast.com. Absolutely. Great job. Always, man. Getting all them views. I love it, man. Yes. People love what you're doing. You're doing excellent. Excellent stuff. Oh, thank you so much. Excellent yeah. stuff. Great example. Great leader we got over here. That's why he's our head coach. I am humbly Jason Fearman, the co-host of this great trifecta over here. The chemistry is a beautiful thing. It's intangible. It's a woozy. It's a wuzzy, but it's there. It's not fugazi. It's real. It's on the <laughs> elemental chart, baby. It's chemistry, and we got it. Third and three live every Wednesday. Jason Fearman here at Sports Profit. One, that's the number one on Twitter. Get at me about anything except for reality TV. I am down. All right. <laughs> about that. And uh, the Browns fans have been taking it easy on me lately. So thank you. I appreciate that. All right. I'm back with the dog pound, baby. Let's rock and roll. Third and three podcast. We'll see you guys next week. We're out of here. <laughs>